Talk Live. Welcome to the program here. The phones are open. If you want to join us, you can bring up anything you want to talk about here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160 here in the studio tonight. It's Ian. And Bonnie. We are, I think, expecting Jay, who's normally here on Thursday night, but and normally he will let me know if he's running late. But he hasn't. So maybe he forgot because hopefully he's okay. Maybe last week or last week he planned to not come, so maybe he just got out of routine yeah. and forgot. Um, I know he didn't get arrested today at the courthouse at Hillsborough District uh, Court. Uh, ooh, which reminds me, I need to uh, e- I need to email oh. <laughs> probation. Yeah, because we had that. a conversation. Yeah, anytime, about. anytime on my uh, bail conditions, whenever I have any kind of quote interaction with law enforcement. I have to inform my probation officer. Just about as soon it. as like is convenient. So don't yeah, go crazy, yeah. haters, thinking. Oh. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, there was some interactions with law enforcement today at the uh, the Hillsborough Courthouse uh, in Hillsborough County. This is spelled differently. It is a town named Hillsborough. With spelled no differently. GH. Correct. Um, and I learned this today. I'm so annoyed. And then there's the Should county, which does have the GH. That's just so dumb. So this is the. Not the county superior court, but the district court in the town of Hillsborough, which I've been at a number of times. Hmm? UGH, Mm -hmm. just to let the listener understand how annoying that is. That's the county, not the town. Right. They should have Uh, to spell it the same. Well, whatever. Uh, Anyway, so the reason why we were there, Bonnie, you were there, I was there, uh, co-host Chris Wade was there, Frank Footloose was there, a regular caller to the show. And also uh, Press NH Now and Riley yep. uh, and Dave Ridley. And Dave Ridley, yep. Was, uh, was there. And so we actually oh, had a and, really uh, good turnout. Representative Jason Gerhard. Gerhard, that's right. Yep. Yeah, we had a really good turnout uh, today. What is that, like nine people or something? It I think like Ridley had said eight. Yeah, I think you're right because we had five in our car and then three other guys. Yeah. Yep. So, so eight people came out to this thing. It was a very short notice, yeah. very short notice event. Uh, I mean, less than 24 hours notice on this one. And what happened was there's a little there's a little or a lot of background here that, that can be communicated on what's going on. And I suspect similar things are happening in courthouses around the country, wherein it is a, uh, a some sort of a violation of the policy it's not a law. What is called? It's not a law. It's, no, I mean in other states, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I can't speak to other states, right. but I've I've heard that in other states you're just not allowed to bring cameras into court at all. Right, like um, our friend who did a lot of court activism in Missouri, he was not, not allowed to bring camera. Period. Yeah, it's crazy. Or, or maybe even not even a cell phone. I don't remember. Some are like that, Massachusetts. But definitely you, no recording. Yeah, in Massachusetts you can't bring a cell phone in uh, at all, but you can record in Massachusetts. So anyway, it's different everywhere. So your mileage may vary on this one. If you you know want to comment on what's going on where you live, feel free. The number is 603-283-6160. But what happened was years ago here in our very own little Keene, New Hampshire district court where activists were very busy. Uh, there was a lot of activism, a lot of civil disobedience kind of stuff going on here about 13 years ago, 13 or 14 years ago. Uh, this was the time frame when Derek J's victimless crime spree was recorded. That was 2011. Uh, of course, our friend Nobody, formerly known as Rich Paul, was doing the 420 uh, things in Central Square in Keene. Mass uh, cannabis civil disobedience. That was going on in 2009. 
And civil disobedience here goes all the way back to like 2005, 2006 with uh, Russell, Russell Canning and and uh, his wife Kat and Lauren Canario getting arrested for peaceful protests at the IRS office and things like that. Handing out flyers at the IRS office. That was one of the things. Another time they were holding signs. Hmm. So anyway, the there's been a lot of activity in the courts here in Keene. And in, I think it was 2011, the courts in Keene, by the way, they're... Um, there's a, superior, a so-called superior court and a district court located in the same building. In larger counties with more population, they have those in separate buildings, but here it's all in the same building. So the superior court is on the second floor, the district court's on the first floor, and so on. So the judges, the judges from both of the superior and district courts issued an order that was this administrative order that essentially said that you cannot record video Outside of the courtroom. You can record in the courtroom. Yeah, with permission. Uh, well, no, you don't need permission to well, record. sorry, with notice. They want notice, which, in my opinion, they shouldn't even And sometimes they mix require. that up, and they say, like, I don't remember approving you. I approved uh, Ian Freeman here with Free Keen, but who are you? I didn't approve you yeah. to record. And then the person, the right answer to that is usually, I don't have to ask you. I already notified you. Yeah, well, in my opinion, you shouldn't even have to notify them. You should yeah, know, just show up with a camera. I'm saying according and, to how the laws are, or the policy is actually written right now, they only yeah. need notice. And they always That's are acting like they... their own court rules, yeah. Not always, but like the least um, trained judges, I've seen them be like, like to Joa, mm-hmm. I don't remember approving your, you filming. They want to feel like they are able to deny you. They want to feel like they're approving you. But the reality is... You have a right to record these hearings. They're public hearings. So you, if you stand on your right to record, they usually back down and then they say, okay, you're approved. Yeah. I've never seen them actually stop someone from recording, right. but that's all they do. Yeah. They like, make up, they huff and puff sometimes yeah. and they make a big to do about it. Massachusetts, it was so bad for Chris Wade, who was recording mm-hmm. for Frank Keen. So he was the actual press. He had to put in requests and it took like months they were like were not replying to him over email and stuff. And then uh, at one point he started recording like a slight bit early and she stood there chewing him out saying like, you can only record when court is in session, even though like he had wow. no idea court wasn't in session. Like she had already started. This like, is in the courtroom you're saying. Yep. Wow. She had already started talking to, you know, the person he was there, the defendant and everything. And he just saw what was going on. So she, she stopped crazy. everything to be like, you, sir. You only record in my courtroom when we're in session. And Sick. like I could take kick you out and all this stuff. So uh so this order got put into place back in like twenty eleven and it was posted at the front of the courthouse for years until finally the Supreme Court in New Hampshire adopted essentially the Keene Court's order as a statewide order affecting all courts. That there would be essentially no recording, and you reviewed it today, Bonnie, and I couldn't remember if audio recording was included, but apparently it is. Hmm. Uh, No recording of any sort. Even photographs. Right, even photographs or audio recording in the lobby areas, the non-courtroom areas, basically. Yeah, anywhere in a courtroom that's not a courthouse that's not a courtroom. Correct. And Hallways. Yep, and so there have been some arrests for this early on, like, a decade plus ago. Who got arrested? Ridley? I think Sam Dotson got arrested once for that. I don't know if Ridley, I don't think he's ever Wait, been oh arrested yeah. for that. Didn't you get arrested for that? No. You with some other people? Oh, no, it was trespass at a courthouse. Yeah. So, let's see. So, this 
this order came down and it kind of came in at a time when you know a lot of activists were catching criminal charges for civil peaceful civil disobedience and it just didn't seem to really strike the right time for people to challenge it hmm. um because one of the things that those of us who've done multiple instances of civil disobedience have learned over time is that the more you get arrested the worse it tends to get for you as far as sentence i mean this is basic so you have a record yeah exactly so you get worse and worse sentences uh because you have now a criminal record even though you never harmed anyone you've quote unquote violated the the law and so they come at you you're harder a repeat and harder. offender mm-hmm. right uh so my civil disobedience arrests are are counting towards my federal case because they're they still count as convictions right like they I, i'm a convicted offender quote unquote and so therefore i will have a harsher uh set of penalty guidelines than aria Demetso, our co-host who is currently in federal prison on the uh, crypto six case if you want to learn about that you can go to the crypto six.com so what I'm saying is the people who were doing the civil disobedience at that time were already getting arrested for other things. And I think that's one of the reasons why there wasn't a real taste that these people had to go and get arrested for this thing, which would be violating what is clearly an unconstitutional uh, ban on recording in a public place. And to make matters worse, if I recall correctly, when we've talked to attorneys about this, there hasn't really been a whole lot of um, excitement from attorneys in advance in taking this on. Because that's one thing you can do is if you know you're going to go violate some illegal law or whatever, is you call an attorney in advance and say, hey, look, do you want to be my attorney on this case? They may arrest me. This may this may turn into a case. You know, would would you be willing to uh, to work on this? Now, of course, I, ideally, as an activist, you want an attorney who's going to do it pro bono because you can't afford to, you know, activists can't afford anything. Uh, and it was hard to find, if I recall correctly, attorneys. Why is that? Is it just because activists are more likely to be people who don't want to pay taxes so they don't get jobs as often? I think that uh, people that are doing activism are, at least in our circles, more likely to have less to lose because if you have a lot to lose, you're less likely to do. Uh, risky activism so for instance we've seen activists become inactive because of doing things like having children for instance uh, because they know that the state can can essentially lean on their kids and threaten their children and say look if you you know if uh, you do x y or z then we're going to take your kids from you and so that effectively limits what those activists are willing to do in that case yeah okay kids is one thing but that's obvious, but like... But the same thing's true for other people. I mean, a child is, to, to a lot of people, a very important thing in their life, right? Well, I'm not and so for other that. people, I'm not it, saying that's not true or it doesn't make sense to me. That makes sense. It's fine. Okay, I'm saying so everyone other, else. Uh, everyone else, they may have... If they don't have kids, then they may have a wife or they may have a uh, a house or whatever, right? Like there's certain things that people who have things have that they're worried about losing. Whereas if you are... Sure, that's what it is. But if you are somebody who doesn't have a lot of things, then you have not much to lose. And so, therefore, you might be more inclined to take certain risks that other people aren't willing to take. Now, you know, whether that's right or wrong is a is a whole other discussion. Um, I'm not saying but, it's right or wrong either. I'm yeah. saying it's silly. It's like, oh, I have this material possess- possession that will disappear when I die. Yeah. So I can't 
make my actual life better for me and help humanity. I, I just think, why are you well, put usually here? It doesn't you put make- here to pay your mortgage and work for an idiot and mm-hmm. be an idiot your whole life and just well, do nothing. Well, I don't think calling names is going to help persuade those people. But I think that, um, you know... I, if you go back and you look at like the American Revolution, what was the old thing they said about the uh, the people that fought in the American Revolution that they they put up their lives and their uh, fortunes and their honor or whatever? Like, there's a certain phrase. Yeah, there's a certain phrase. Like they, you know, they put it all at risk. These were not paupers in the American Revolution. These were successful people who had houses and wives and children and careers and things like that, and they literally laid it all on the line. So we've fallen a long way from that. I, I'm, I'm not, I, that's what I'm saying here, Bonnie, is your critique is valid. It's yeah. completely valid when you compare the activists of today who think that posting on Twitter or X is, uh, is quote-unquote activism versus the activists of 250 years ago. Or like just continually trying to do anything within the Libertarian Party. Yeah, who, the activists of 250 years ago who literally put their lives on the line. Yeah, I, I feel sick for them sometimes because... Who, At least revolu- revolutionary war, guys. Oh, That's like yeah. the only war that seems I, from America that I know of that was like legitimate. Uh, well, I guess it was legitimate to defend yourself if you were a Confederate person in the Civil War. Wait, oh yeah, the Civil War, sure. Yeah, but um, what was I going to say about it? Like, I just feel sick for them. It's like imagine if they could see America today. Indeed. But- um, and, and the other thing is that's why I like Aaron Day because mm-hmm. he. Uh, whenever we interviewed him on the show, Aaron Day is running for president. Yep, Day Twenty Twenty Four, I think is his website. But he's cooler than that. He's not just like, oh, I'm going to change things. I'm going to get in office and change things. He's more like trying to bring awareness by running for office. And if yep. you even just donate a dollar to him on his website, he needs a certain number of donors in order to qualify for things like debate. So yeah. just and throwing I, that out there. One of the questions I asked him, I never, I didn't hear back from him, and I imagine he's pretty busy. But it was the first debate that just happened like a week ago mm-hmm. that he had to get 40,000 donors to qualify for that debate. I bet you that number goes up for the oh. second debate, but I don't know. And that's what I asked him. I was like, well, does this number go up? Because obviously he didn't make it for the first yeah. debate, which is a shame uh, because he's the only one with a unique message that that would have been up there. He's but- the only essentially Ron Paul like candidate the reason i brought him up is i just really respect the fact that he told us on the show when we interviewed him well i have kids and therefore that's why i became an activist that's the way it should Mm. be i mean it doesn't make any sense to be like well i would have been an activist when i didn't have kids but then once i had human beings i cared for that will live on further into the future than i will i stopped caring about the future that makes no sense. That's why I just really respect people who have kids and are still activists. Like I agree. Jay Noon, too. Or, or Alu Axelman, for instance. Alu. Yeah, Jay and Alu are two great examples of people who are regularly heard voices on this show who, if anything, they haven't slowed down one iota since they had children. I couldn't believe it. I figured... I figured this was going to be the end for Alu. Yeah, I was Alu, a little worried about Alu. Uh, because, you know, he's so busy with, uh, you know, he works and now he's got a kid and all that. I figured that we'd barely ever see him again. And he's just out there as, as much as, yeah, he, he takes his as kid he's with ever him. been. So, uh, and, uh, and some people criticize that too, Bonnie. They say, oh, well, you shouldn't get your kids involved in activism because it quote unquote looks bad. Why? The idea is you're forcing the children to, you know, hold a sign or whatever. <laughs> you're... 
inculcating them with your particular viewpoint, which is the purview of having children, right? Like that's one of the things that parents do is they inculcate their children with their particular viewpoint, whatever that happens to be. Yesterday on the show, I was talking about how when I was in fifth grade, I wore a shirt that said Earth Day equals socialism that my mom made at school. And it's not like I was like, I understood it and everything. I was Mm. just like, yeah, because they want us to believe that climate change is real so that way they can tax us more and but i think that the teachers the teacher literally said like she doesn't even know what that means did you know what socialism meant i had the idea of what it meant that it meant like the government has more control that's Mm, basically all i knew i Mm. guess i watched like fox news and stuff but i feel like there was a reason i brought it up just yeah it's not always using your using the children could be sure like it could be using the kid but the kid might also be able to think for itself indeed uh and like i said that's that's fully within the purview of a parent um we may not like what parents do with their children like you know whether it's taking them to church or taking them to a drag show or whatever it is you don't like about what other parents do uh that is not your business so you know, people are always going to critique though there's always there's always a critique of activism right but right now i'll lose kid since that's why we brought it up mm-hmm He's like an infant, so he just kind of has him in a baby basket with him right. while, while he's just walking around. Him along. Yeah. yeah. So, but I think it'll be really cute one day when he's walking around with an NH Exit T-shirt. But I think that I think signs. one of the best points you made there, Bonnie, was that it's actually counterproductive to do less when you have kids because you are you're not trying to make a better world for them, right? Yeah, like, it's weird. You you love your kids. You presumably want the best for them. And shouldn't that be a more free world if you indeed love freedom? If you love socialism, then, you know, things are going in your direction. Uh, if you love fascism, then you're getting more of that. Uh, but for those of us that love freedom, if you've got children, and we don't, you and I, we don't have kids. Uh, but uh, but if you do, then shouldn't that motivate you to do more? Right. To do more activism? I, again, it doesn't have to mean putting everything on the line i don't blame someone for not wanting to do that alu doesn't do like maybe the most risky kind of activism but he's still incredibly important and active and anytime you're doing even just the stuff he's doing like writing books and stuff like that he's sticking his neck out like it's not like they won't come up with a reason to go after you right uh if you want to comment here the number 603-283-6160 so to come back around with what we were getting into uh with the court system here in new hampshire there's an order that says Thou shalt not record video, audio, or take even still photographs inside a courthouse with the exception of the courtroom unless the judge has set aside a specific what they call staging area for people to do that. So the idea being that uh, if you're in a court... And I've never seen a staging area. Have you? No, you would have to ask for one specifically. Oh, Oh, Uh, it's like event by event? Sorry. I think so. So the idea being that if you're in a courthouse, but not in the courtroom, so if you're in the clerk's area or in the lobby or wherever else, then you're not allowed to record any media in those areas. If you do, the order from the Supreme uh, Supreme Court says you will be asked to leave, which is interesting because it doesn't say that it would be considered a... Like trespass or well, it doesn't. Or, well, yeah, you get. It would be a if trespass you're if you're asked to leave. It doesn't say it's a crime. It, well, it's not a crime because it's not a statutory violation that the state reps have written up. This is a court order, and so what it 
doesn't say is that you'll be charged with contempt. Hmm. Now, I don't think it has to say that because generally if there is a court order and you violate a court order, you are charged with contempt. It's just one of those things. If you can get charged for like wearing a hat in the courtroom with contempt, you can probably get charged for filming. Yeah. Contempt, unfortunately, is not statutory. Contempt is a uh, what they describe as a, quote, inherent power. It's a whim for sure. (laughs) Uh, but it is a quote-unquote inherent power of the Western court system. Ew. So the the big problem with contempt is you can't – the state legislature, if, uh, if a state legislature uh, or legislator here in New Hampshire wanted to somehow modify what the court can or can't do about contempt, I don't think they could do it. I don't think they could pass a bill that could tell the courts you can't charge people with contempt for X, Y, or Z. You can't charge people with contempt at all. You can't. Why? I don't. Why th- can't they just pass a law that says that? I in don't New Hampshire, think they can. you can't do that just because it's inherent to the entire West. Why are we ruled by anything that's the entire West? I know like- it's crazy. It's crazy. It's just the that's the court system. Now maybe it could be done with a constitutional amendment. But I think that would be the only to way New Hampshire's to New Hampshire's constitution. I think that if you wanted to change something about the court system, because the courts are created by the constitution. So therefore, but but the constitution doesn't talk about contempt. Yeah. So they just make this crap up. Hmm. So I think Ugh. the only way you'd be able to do it would be to change the actual constitution. Because remember, if you pass a statutory change then the court system can review that change and throw it out as unconstitutional. So that's what they did with the first jury nullification law that got passed here in New Hampshire by the state legislature was the courts threw it out. They said this is unconstitutional. It's been overturned. So you would have to actually change the Constitution, and then they wouldn't be able to say that a change to the Constitution is unconstitutional. Does the Constitution mention jury nullification? No, of course not. So that's just crazy. How is it unconstitutional then? The statute itself was unconstitutional, according to the court. I don't remember the wording of the statute, so I don't want to go too deep into what that was or wasn't at the time. Uh, The number here is 603-283-6160, so that's some of the background. It's against a Supreme Court order to record in the courts, but that's exactly what happened this afternoon at Hillsborough District Court. Bonnie, you and I were there to witness it. And, I took pictures. And, okay, in right. the courtroom. Uh, there's more coming up here. Very in, obviously. In moments, uh, we we got more on the way, and this is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes to vote on. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by the Treasury. In fact, that's exactly how we got this sponsorship. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first, nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash.org.
show here if you want. Bring up whatever is on your mind. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash. Dash is digital cash. It is a cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending, which is uh, not very common when it comes to cryptocurrencies out there. A lot of them are very technical and they're really cool technology and whatever it is they're trying to do, but many of them are not even trying to be used for actual buying and selling. Dash is, and they've been focused on that from the beginning, uh, basically, and they're one of the earliest cryptos that ever came out. They're widely available on exchanges, including the Maya Protocol, which is a decentralized exchange, which is very, very cool from what I understand. Uh, you can learn more at Dash.org. It's easy to get. It's easy to use Dash. That's Dash.org. Dra- uh, transactions with Dash are irreversible. Their network is protected from 51% attacks by their chain locks technology. There's no need to wait for a confirmation before considering a Dash transaction complete. So it is great for merchants. Dash fees are way less than one cent per transaction. Way cheaper than Bitcoin, where it's like sometimes a dollar or two, sometimes more. Go to Dash.org to learn more, and big thanks to the Dash DAO, their decentralized autonomous organization, for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. You can visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. That is Dash.org. Bonnie, you and I were at the Hillsborough District Court here in New Hampshire today. It's about a 40-minute drive from uh, from our studio location here mm-hmm. in Keene. And uh, it's a very, very small courthouse. It's where Taco Biondo is. That's actually something worth going to Hillsborough for. <laughs> the court, however, not so much. Such a weird courthouse. It's connected to a liquor store and a subway. It's, it's all in the one back. building. And yeah. it's like in the back, right? Like it's like hidden. It just looks like a typical siding, plastic siding uh, yeah. very, house. Very kind nondescript of, kind yeah, of look. Nondescript yeah. white building. Uh, one story looking. Yeah, usually courthouses are these very elaborate structures, right? Where yeah, it's... no, no one really commented on that today. Like this is churchy. Yeah, it is not a churchy courthouse. You're right about that. I mean, it still has pews. I think if you were to actually go into the courtroom, which yeah. we did not do today, the courtroom was closed. There, the lights were off. Uh, at one point, the officer who was there, who says, by the way, the court security officer asked him if he swore an oath to the Constitution. I was yeah. surprised when he said no. He has a gun. He has the ability to arrest people, and yeah. he didn't swear an oath to the Constitution, or at least he says so. He claims he didn't. I mean, why would he lie about that? Uh, I mean, they lie about a lot of things, but why and would you lie about not swearing an oath to the Constitution? At first, he wasn't going to give his name. He's like, I don't have to give it to you. And I was like, yes. He was like, because I'm not a cop. And I was like, yes, you do, because isn't it the Eighth Amendment, right? Eighth and, article of uh, the oh, yeah, sorry, article. Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. And he was, everybody was like, yeah, I think it's the Eighth, uh, you know, Open and accountable, and transparency government, yeah. And he was just like, my name's blah, blah, blah. I don't remember his it name was now, but It was hard to remember name, yeah. Yeah, it was recorded. Oh, Vernon. It was his first was name. Was that right? That's okay. His first name. Some kind of foreign sounding last name. Anyway, this guy It's like Vernon Pluot. He was so he was so rude. And yeah. uh so so anyway, we were there to challenge I wasn't there to challenge the recording ban because, well, I'm on bail condition, so it would not be a good idea uh for me to do that because there is the risk of arrest. Now, to be fair, I don't think anyone has been arrested for this for more than a decade in New Hampshire. But also, it hasn't really been challenged in any significant manner but in about a decade. Has anybody been arrested, quote unquote, for it? As in, they went in there recording, and then they the cops show up and rec- arrest them for something more like 
civil disobedience because that seems like what they would do so that way no one can challenge the see i don't remember the original arrest for this it's been so long we're talking about like 2010 somewhere in that range i think sam dodson former co-host on free talk live was arrested for recording in the courthouse but i will have to review that particular case to get the details on you know what the circumstances were there so, uh, no, in, in recent memory, I don't recall anybody being arrested for this. And that's the thing is like in the court's order, it specifies that if you are violating the order, you will be asked to leave. And that is very unusual. And it's like period. Right. It's very unusual because. It doesn't. What I meant by that is it doesn't say after you don't comply after being asked to leave. Like it doesn't give any more information. Well, it doesn't have to because we know what happens if you're asked to leave a place by someone authorized to ask you to leave. They can then charge you with criminal trespass if you don't leave. So that's why our friend Joa, who used to be here regularly on Thursday nights, he's now living in uh, Grafton, so he's not in the area um, at this time. But uh, but he would always leave. He would. Start walking backwards, kind of like Dave Ridley uh, did back in the day when police were ordering him to leave a place. Yeah, but they know not to arrest people for that anymore because of Dave Ridley. Dave Ridley was arrested wrongfully trying to walk backwards out of a parking lot while he was still recording. Yeah, I was going to say, why was he walking backwards? It's because he wanted to continue being able to film the goons. It's Mm -hmm. not illegal. And he was walking towards his car and he told that to the cop the cop uh, i could go off about this because i just yeah, watched just all watched the videos recently and all the court videos with the cop lying about it so so terrible yeah but he won that case dave ridley and so he was within his rights to slowly leave they can't order you to run out of the parking yeah. lot they can't order you to because you'd be putting yourself in danger yeah or uh, walk in a certain direction like he was backing up because he was holding his camera and correct. He was facing it at them and if you're backing up you don't want to back up in a quick manner because that will put you in danger. If you you know walk backwards quickly, you're more likely to do something like trip over something or fall or or whatever. And you know, like being so. friends with Riley and since he moved here has made me think of so many different things, like how cops, you know, act like they have, they can apply things to everyone. Like Riley doesn't seem to really run. Like there was a couple times I was like, come on, let's go uh, check on Ridley today, and I was like, oh, I don't want to make him run because he didn't want to. Like yeah, because he can't see. Right. Like are they going? He doesn't know if there's a step or a a rock or right. something, right? So I was just like, uh, well, that, that all that I'm saying is it made me think when you just said that, like you can't force someone to walk quickly. Like someone like Riley is not going to want to run. <laughs> right. Some people just, you know, they don't like to run too. Like maybe just like an overweight person or something. They were just upset because he was walking extra slow, maybe on purpose. You're talking about Ridley. Yeah, to get more video. But he was complying. He was complying. He was leaving as he was ordered in to fact, do. In fact, he was like deep in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Like he couldn't even see the front of the hotel anymore. And he was still going towards his car, slowly just like narrating to his camera, like talking yeah. about the day. And then also, so they show back up. Yep. Like they went after him again. They were like, he's not going yet. Even though he's walking towards his car. Yep. And he told them that. Yeah, it didn't matter. But ultimately, he did win that case. Um, and so... Let's see, going back to the uh, the current situation. So we showed up today because at the request of a First Amendment auditor named Press NH Now, that is his YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, he is a, I don't, I don't think he's a free state or anything like that. He's, I think he he's from here. from here. Yeah, I think he's a native. Well, it sounds like it. So to, I'm just guessing. At least a native to New England, certainly. Uh, but he lives in New Hampshire and he's one of those guys like uh, our former co-host Joa, who goes around to different government agencies, government bureaucracies, into what are ostensibly public places where you and I would be allowed to go 
and he records video in those places. That's what a First Amendment auditor does. The idea is you take a video camera into any place where you would normally be allowed to go, not some restricted area or whatever, but an actual public place, and then you just see what the bureaucrats do. Are they friendly? Do they allow you to come in? Do they call the police on you? Do they freak out? Do they answer out? questions? Do they answer questions? Do they give you their names? Or right. There's certain that. things that they do to kind of put these bureaucrats to the test. Right. And it's a very valuable service. And I'm really glad to see people like Press NH Now are actually able to make a living off of this. I don't know if it's a good living, but it is, you know, enough to make, you know, rent payments and probably put some food on the table. He had made videos so. going to Puerto Rico last week. He yeah, has that's right, like yeah. a new radio. I think he does good. I I, does I, well. I certainly hope he does. He's he's continuing to do it, so that must mean that it's working out for him. Um and I'm glad that people are supportive of this financially because i think it is a really valuable thing that that he does but something about him and a lot of these first amendment auditors is they are kind of lone wolves uh they do like to show up alone at a place and do their thing by themselves every now and then you'll see a couple of them get together for like a you know collaboration or whatever you would call that but for the most part they go into places alone and that's just sort of their mo that's how they do things um, but in this case, he reached out to me and he said, you know, could you help me out here? Uh, I would like to have some people show up to observe this, to witness this, potentially to take part as well. Because they had gone crazy, the court. The Hillsborough court? Yeah, they'd gone overboard. They were like, you can't record yourself going in there to put in a motion and you can't even record in the courthouse when you have your trial or in the courtroom? The, yeah, courtroom. Which is complete BS, and we know that one's going to not be able to be true. But the, uh, the the claim that they would that he is not allowed to record in the courthouse his own interactions with the bureaucrats, this is something that he's been kind of chomping at the bit at to challenge, at least in my previous conversations with him. He's been really frustrated by this courthouse recording ban, and he's been wanting to challenge it. And so apparently the prosecutor of the Hillsborough Court specifically threatened him with arrest if he comes in and records video in the court lobby. And so today... He went into the court lobby and to the clerk's window and recorded video the entire time and was not arrested for it. So that is uh, the the victory, if you want to call it that, today. Now, police were called. There were three Hillsborough, town of Hillsborough police officers that showed up to the scene. There was one court security officer on duty that day. There was no one else in this courthouse with the exception of one or two clerks behind the clerk's window. So there was no actual, like, other people. It was just the activists who showed up to back up uh, Press NH Now. Right. There was nobody in there doing private business and, oh, right. we could accidentally record over their shoulder or purposely record over their shoulder and get private information. Yeah, this is the big objection. Yeah, so when that's their excuse. Right. This is their the government goons, their excuse for why this recording rule is necessary Oh, there could be somebody, a juvenile could be present. Juveniles deserve protection because they're under the age of 18. So If you're 17 and a camera t- captures you, you just disappear. Well, we know that's that's silly nonsense, but <laughs> uh, but there's there's this certain view that people under the age of 18 are due certain legal protections. And so they like to trot out, well, there could be juveniles around or there could be somebody else with private information they're giving to the clerks or whatever. And it's like, that is such a pointless argument because 
if if it were if I were interested in going to a court to take photographs or video of juveniles in the court in the courthouse and I was prohibited from going in and doing it in the courthouse then all I would do was stand outside the courthouse and record them coming in and out of the courthouse. <laughs> or, or if you really wanted to record juveniles, you'd have a better time just doing it in Keene Central Square or something. But specifically, they're they're worried about ones that are going to court, right? Because yeah. that's the concern. Why are they in court? What is the charge? Because all that stuff's sealed. You yeah, can't yeah. go into a juvenile court hearing unless you are a party to that particular hearing. So juvenile cases are not open to the public. Fine. Whatever. I think that's stupid, but whatever. Yeah. Um, leaving that aside, the idea is we have to ban cameras from the court and apparently audio recorders and apparently still photography, ban the, all of those things from the courthouse in order to, quote unquote, protect juveniles or protect domestic violence victims. Again, if I want to record every single victim of domestic violence who's going into that court, all I have to do is stand outside. They are not allowed to go in through the cop entrance unless they're under arrest, right? Like, there's only one way that average people who are there for court can go into any court building. Yeah. There's not multiple entrances that are open to the public. Yeah. So they would have to go through the front door, and I can stand out there legally all day long and record all the video I want to of every single person coming in there. Not and only if that, it was something about... Well, they're going to be writing down personal information. Mm -hmm. Have something like a voting booth where people write their information down, you know? Sure. Or take them into another room if there's certain sensitive information that's being passed from, like, if you're standing at the court clerk's window. And it should be by request. It should be yeah. like the, the court should have, clerk should have to say, like, would you like to be in a private Absolutely. room? And then they can be like, yes no thanks. No. Right. And because otherwise, what does it matter if I have an audio recording device or a video recording device or a, pe a pen and a piece of paper? I could stand behind that person in line and eavesdrop on their conversation hmm. and write down every single thing that they say. Right. So the whole thing, the, all of the excuses around why there's no cameras available or allowed to be used in the courthouse situation is total BS. Let's go to the phones here. Uh, talk to this caller. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Hey, how you doing? I always loved about Free Talk Live. It uh, was one of the only shows you can call in and take the show in any direction that you wanted. It's and true. I really, really appreciate that. And the show has just always been incredible to me. And uh, this is Bobby, and and I just always appreciate this. And I'll always cherish what you made and brought here. Um, but I had a relationship advice for Bonnie, and I wanted to uh, get one in for her and see what she what what she has to think. You have a question for no, Bonnie he, or advice for Bonnie? He said he has advice. Relationship advice. Okay. Well, I don't need it, but thank you. <laughs> Well, anyway, no, what do you no. want to say? Go ahead. Advice for me. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Go ahead. You know, Bonnie's relationship advice hour. Right, right. So it's a question. It's a yeah, question. Yeah, that's what it's he asked. He, yeah, he, I thought you were telling, giving me advice. But go, go ahead. ahead with your question. I know Bonnie has all her stuff together. Look <laughs> at her. She's gorgeous. She's got Ian. She's in the <laughs> studio. Well, thank you. It's true. <laughs> all right. So what's what's okay, the question? Okay, okay. So, anyways, here's the thing. Ian knows I've been calling in for over a decade. But uh, so I just finally got um, I finally just got my uh, apartment about a year and a half ago, but I uh, had to live through uh, group homes for uh, about two years and I was homeless and lived in group homes for two years. Mm. Um, finally got uh, some help. And, uh, and anyways, I got an apartment on, on the ocean uh, on Tampa. Nice. Um, I lucked out. 
Yeah, yeah, anyways, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, hey, do, do what you can. But it took two years. And anyways, I, I've been knowing this girl, and I knew her since high school. And I knew her, you know, um, when I was 18, 19. And um, at the time, you know, she was, you know, we were Christian and everything. And, you know, she didn't want to do anything. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I never pushed her or asked her to do anything. And um, there was another girl that at the time, she liked, she liked me. But I was, you know, I, I, I didn't, you know, really wasn't into her. But she, you know, she liked me. And so I just started going out with her. And she, she wanted to do stuff. And so I did stuff with her. And so I didn't, didn't ever do anything with the other girl. But, mm-hmm. you know, I was in a relationship with that one girl for three years. But, you know, I just uh, um, couldn't keep in contact with the other one because the, the girlfriend for three years, she told me she didn't want me to keep talking to her because she, because, uh, you know, she didn't want her as a friend. So I stopped mm-hmm. talking to her for, like, three years. Okay. So I had her from, like, 19 to 22. Okay, all right. But then after I broke up with that girl, I started talking to her again. And we've been in, you know, contact, I would say, at least, you know, three, four times a year um, uh, through text, you know, just, just at least in contact. So I haven't stayed in contact with hardly anyone for 20 years. This is, like, the two hmm. people that I've really stayed in contact from high school. I, I know that. I know her. And there's one other person, and I only know them because um, I, I lived by them, you know, um, you know, when I moved here from Florida, uh, okay. from South Carolina. But anyways. Um, Does uh, she still live but, in the uh, area, so, this girl? Is she still nearby? She, well, well, well. So I had to move, you know, because it had to go where the housing was. Mm-hmm. But she and lives so, in North Carolina? Uh, she lives now about two hours. No, no, no. She lives in Florida. She oh. lives in Florida. She, but we used to live, you know, close by. But now she lives two hours away. Okay, got it. Okay. So finally, you know, I finally got my own apartment. I finally got my own place. You know, I finally got my stuff together. You know, it's taken me all this time. You know, I, you know, I, I just turned 30, you know, 34. I'm just, you know, and, and it's been hard life for me. And, and Ian knows how hard I've been through it and, and all the calls. And, you know, he helped me one time. The cops are banging on my hotel door because they smell pot. And he told me don't answer the door. And I mean, nice. all kinds of good stuff. But anyway, so I've been talking to this girl. And so anyways, um, uh, you know, uh, you know, I invited her over and everything and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and, and it was, it was kind of cool, you know, um, well, here's the thing. She is, uh, she's severely overweight. She's probably, Oof. probably about 230 pounds. What was she when you knew her in high school? She was probably about, um, 180. So she was okay. about 30 pounds more. Oof. Okay. Okay. Maybe 40 pounds more. Oh. I, I, I mean, I, I mean, I, since I, you know, since, you know, anyways, She's probably about 240 now. She's about okay. probably 180 in high school. She's a bigger girl, you know, yep. anyway. It's definitely a bigger girl. She's only like 5'3", you know. Okay. But I, I don't care because I'm a bigger guy, you know. But here's the thing. Um, uh, I, I finally got my insurance, and so um, I went and got um, gastric bypass surgery. It was only $194,000 that they charged the insurance company. So I got the gastric bypass surgery. Um, I was at 417 pounds Damn, um, in January. Um, I'm down to 260 pounds now nice. um, in August. Wow. Um, and so I, I've got 60 pounds more to go to get to 200. Are you are you doing any are you doing now. any uh, working out? What walking? Uh, yes, have you changed yes. your diet? Yes, I live I live in a high. Yeah, I live in a high rise. So what I do is um, there's 15 there's 15 floors. Nice. So I walk up and down the the, the, the stores. Great. Wow. Great. Do 15. 
Yeah. And then and then I got me a weight bench that folds up and down, and mm-hmm. I got you know free weights. You know, and you can change yep. the little barbells, sure. and, you, and it's got dumbbells, and you can and you can you know hook the little things onto it. And wow. and I got those when I was like 16, 17, but I haven't been able to weight lift in uh, you know about four years. You know, so mm-hmm. I'm starting to get back into it. You know, and and so I I just you know the total transformation, everything. Good for you, and, Bobby. Uh, that really know, must just, uh, you know, must feel great. good. Yeah, and so. Uh, so I when things are going well for me, and so I, I'm just happy about that. But with this girl, she came over, and anyways, uh, she was acting kind of weird. And uh, um, the, the thing right now is though I don't have a car, um, but I do have a fucking. Oh, oh hold on there, bud. Uh, I'm gonna hit the uh, dump button. I'll give you a chance on this because I know that was an accident. Uh, so just stand by. And uh, you were saying you don't have a car. Bobby? You don't have a car, but you have something else. No, I don't have a. But I have I have a really cool bike. It's a, it's a mongoose dolomite. The mongoose dolomite bike it's got 26 inch rims okay and uh it's, it's a huge yeah it's a really cool all right bike. so where how's it's, what's it's that like have to do with the, Wait, the no. girl yeah yeah i just want to know um well nothing I, I don't have a car she has a car okay and so it's a little awkward um, but that's okay you can get so, through that i can get through that but yeah. she's, she's holding it over my head because oh. i wanted to go there's there's an imax theater and it's like 1.5 miles. And she's like, oh, well, it would be so fun because we can take the city bus. And I'm like, oh, have you ever taken the city bus? It takes 48 minutes to go 1.5 miles. You, know, you can walking, walk that in you know? 48 minutes. Yeah. 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 You know, and, 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 and out here, you know, it's 95 degrees heat, 100 degrees humidity. By the time you walk yeah. there, you guys are drenched. True. You know, yeah, that's aren't true. Wanting to feel, you know, anything. Yeah. So anyway, you go, she's kind of on the other hand being weird. Um, anyways, it comes out and, and so we get to the time where we're at, we're at my place and, and it's getting down to it. And anyways, we get to it and, um, she comes out and tells me that she uh, has herpes. Oh, and, okay. Well, at least she told you in advance. Yeah. In advance? Was it in advance? Yes. Okay. It okay, was good. in advance. Okay. And so, um, before I, before I did anything, you know, because I was thinking real quick, and I, I know, I know, we got to get around what we're talking about, you know, right? Because you know, you can only do certain things if uh, you know somebody has herpes, and so I was worried about getting Ron or McDonald's patients or something, you know what I mean? And so uh, I was getting worried about that, and I didn't want to, uh, you know. But I do like the girl; she's cool. She's always, you know, stuck with me, you know. Mm. But I just don't know if I can get over the fact that you know she and she, she says that she got it off a toilet seat. And I did said, you say, you hold know, on, you don't know if you can get over the fact or the fact? The fact that she has herpes. The fact. Well, no, the, okay. the fact. Okay. Well, okay. She, she says she's a virgin. So she that's, still says she's a virgin. Oh, wow. And she's in, she's in her 30s? You know, yes. Okay. okay, so here, let me see if I can summarize the situation. Mm-hmm. You knew this girl. She's gained 40 pounds. She's only 5'3", and she's at 220. And she is a virgin in her 30s. But she has herpes, but she claims she got it from a toilet seat. Okay, let's just take that at her word. I'm not saying she's lying or anything. I guess it's possible. Um, or from something else, like trying on clothes, maybe. I have I have no clue. Like, never had herpes. Well, I can tell you that my sister, um, she dated a guy that had herpes. And uh, I don't know how to say this on the air, but basically you can... Medically? You, you can find out... I mean, you will know when you're having what's called a flare-up. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't believe that she was okay with this. She was like, listen, Bonnie, it's fine. You only do medical 
things or not medical things. You only do biological processes with somebody who has herpes when they're not having a flare up. And you can obviously tell. And she said she never got herpes. So it's not communicable. I mean, this isn't medical advice, right? But uh, is it? It may or may not be communicable. Okay, this isn't official Bonnie relationship advice. This is only para official Bonnie relationship advice. But I would say, um, um, if you really like that girl and you think she's like worth it, maybe you should stick with her and just realize that you shouldn't do certain biological processes with her while Mm -hmm. she's having a flare-up and ask your doctor about it. Yeah, definitely. That's good to ask the doctor. I don't know if you had more, um, Bobby, but hang on because we may not have heard everything. The number is 603-283-6160. Can you say have sex on there? You certainly can. There's more coming up here. It's Free Talk Live. Some of you have wanted to support Free Talk Live's mission on a monthly basis but don't want to support Patreon. Now we have an alternative that also helps our premier streaming platform, Odyssey. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join at the top of the channel. You can subscribe for $5 per month and unlike other subscription services, Odyssey adds their processing fee on top. So it'll cost a little over $5 per month, but Free Talk Live will receive the entire amount you pledged. Higher donation tiers are available if you're feeling so inspired. You'll get a special membership badge that's visible in the Odyssey chat room, and if we get enough supporters, we may enable members-only chat. This new subscription method is a great way to decentralize our direct listener support away from just Patreon and also support a libertarian-run business, Odyssey. Please visit video.freetalklive.com and click join to subscribe to our Odyssey channel and help support spreading our message around the planet. Visit video.freetalklive.com and click join today. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live and you can join the show here. The number is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. Ian and Bonnie joining you here tonight as we kick off the second hour of the program. We are talking about court recording restrictions being challenged here in New Hampshire, and there's more to say about that, so I do want to come back to that topic. Yep. Uh, but we do have a couple calls on the line here, including but Bobby. I'm just doing my job. Your job as... Relationship advice, advice. Yeah, so Bonnie does do relationship advice. If you have a uh, inquiry for her, you're welcome to call in with a question. Bobby in Florida is still on the line with us, and he has done that. And Bobby, uh, the chat room at the chat server at chat.freetalklive.com, uh, Libertariat in there, he he's sort of a no, notorious troll in the chats. But, but isn't he like um, a nurse? Wait, no. He, well, I think he's in the medical field, Yeah, I, I he, think. Well, he... I don't really understand now because he does submarine stuff. Wait, I don't but whatever. know. Whatever. If not, his his wife is a nurse and he's yeah. always talking about medical stuff. So anyway. And what does he have to say, Ian? But, you know, sometimes he says some things that are absolutely true. And apparently he says only a slut would think it's transmissible, meaning herpes, only during a flare-up. And he's referring Why to your you sister, right? Why would you refer to right? me after saying, oh, okay. Sorry. I think he was referring to your sister because you were saying that your <laughs> sister said. So anyway, what happened was... Uh, Bobby's met a girl who he knew back in high school. She is the other woman. Uh, somebody who had some interest in for some time. And he used to date someone else, and that person told him, "You can't talk to this chick right. while you're dating me." And now he's and back to talking obviously, to her. Obviously, she was right to be concerned because now that as soon as he broke up with that girl, or now I don't know about as soon as, but 
now that he's broken up with that girl and he lost a lot of weight, now he's talking to that girl. So He's talking to the girl and the girl admitted before they got down to some sexual activity that she oh. has herpes. However, she claimed apparently that she received it from a toilet seat. And she's and actually a virgin. The chat room, uh, Bobby, said that uh, you cannot receive herpes from a toilet seat and that... Uh, only a slut would think it's transmissible only during a flare-up. And so I did check them on those statements, and it appears, at least according to the Internet, that they are correct, uh, that according to uh, various different websites, the uh, they say here that herpes is transmissible at all times. Whoa. However, it is more transmissible during a flare-up, according to <sighs> Teens Health at kidshealth.org. It says here that even when no sores are present, the herpes virus is still active in the body and can spread to others. They, of course, recommend that if you must have sexual interactions with a person with herpes, that you should use, must. A, uh, you should use a condom every time you have sex. However, and that includes oral, um, but uh, that in, uh, they say here that herpes can live outside of the area that a condom covers, so that may not always prevent the spread. So that doesn't sound like enough. Well, uh, it says here, avoiding sex during outbreaks because herpes is much more likely to spread during outbreaks and making sure the infected person takes an antiviral medicine every day as prescribed by a healthcare provider. However, the only way to completely prevent herpes and other STDs, of course, is to not have sex at all. Uh, well, knowing what we know about that, I would have to say to Bobby... A big part of my advice would be you got to if you really care about this girl and you want to continue dating her like if you're just like oh well that's a deal breaker for me I don't want to deal with all this about herpes then break up with her but if, it, if it's so worth it to you cuz you really like this girl she's really that loyal and good for you I think you need to have a heart to heart with her and tell her listen I don't care if you're not a virgin and I don't care if you got herpes from having sex I just care about you for who you are, and I just want you to know that because, you know, you know, you should say something like this to her. Have this conversation with her. Because if she's lying to you, that's only going to be terrible for your relationship. If it's she, definitely not a good way to start a relationship is a based on start. a lie. She's going to be thinking, like, whether she's an honest person or not, usually it's going to be, like, subconsciously digging at her that she lied to him and... um. And it will subconsciously dig at you now that you know this information that you can't get herpes from a toilet seat, apparently, and that you have to get it from sex and uh, that she's probably not a virgin. Well, you don't want to be. It's not that your girlfriend has to be a virgin, isn't what I'm saying. But just the fact that she would lie will probably eventually just like annoy you. And if you're getting in a fight about something silly like the dishes, then you're going to be like, oh, yeah, well, I know because of Free Talk Live that you're not a virgin. <laughs> And I don't know. I just think that you should tell her, like, listen, I just want to let you know, we, you don't have to tell me anything about, like, your past, but I know that you can't get herpes from a toilet seat, and I still <laughs> love you. Well, the odds are you can't. But anyway, go ahead, uh, Bobby, your thoughts? Okay. Yeah, so my thoughts were, um, so she she's always been, like, you know, she's, you know, Christian and all that, and I'm fine with that, and and I and I never mind it, and, I, and she knows I don't care if she has other you know partners. She knows I've had you know some other partners, and and but 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 you know I, I've lied to her and acted like you know I've been swinging a lot more than I have. But she 
because I didn't let her know that when I was homeless and, you know, on the street and all that, you know, I, I, I just acted like I was doing great because I was still doing radio shows and getting someone out to L.A. on Tom Likey's show and, and you know, doing, uh, you know, Gary and Dino on you know, Burbank. And so, you know, I was still having a good time. You know, it's called Facebook pictures, but I, I still was having a good time, but it was a rough time, but it was a fun time. But, but, she, but that's all she knew. She didn't know all the bad parts. So they didn't tell her all the bad parts. But here's the thing. What if she's lying about having the herpes so she doesn't have to have sex and she's just telling me that hmm. so she doesn't so she doesn't want to have sex she's trying to push me away? Well, I don't know how often so these outbreaks happen. Uh, that That is a detail I don't know about herpes, but presumably if she's got herpes and the outbreaks are somewhat regular, you'll, you'll probably find out uh, at some point, unless, of course, you're not even seeing her naked at all um, in, re- in any sort of regular circumstance. So I feel like that might be a pretty hard right. way to do it. It's like, are you going to be inspecting? Well, like, yeah. I don't know what it looks like. Do really. you think she would lie about having herpes? Well, like we, push me away that's a great question because what we've seen so far is she is apparently willing to lie about how she got the herpes. So whether the herpes uh, claim is a lie, I don't know, but it is certainly likely a lie that she caught it from a toilet seat. According to Healthline.com, Herpes is an extremely contagious disease, but it's very unlikely you'll get herpes from a toilet seat. Outside of the body, the herpes virus lives a very short life. It dies quickly on surfaces such as toilet seats, so the odds you'll contract herpes from a toilet seat or any other surface, for that matter, are very low. In fact, the CDC even goes so far as to say you, quote, will not get herpes from toilet seats. Okay. So seems pretty unlikely. Not only is it unlikely that you can get herpes from a surface, but further, remember, you have to actually have some sort of an open sore on like a leg, like a Mm. wound or something in order. So like if you were sitting on a toilet seat and your skin isn't broken, then even if there was by some random chance... Like somebody from somebody who had herpes literally just got off the seat or something and then you sat down onto it. You're probably not going to get it unless you've got an open sore or an open wound because herpes is transmitted uh, as an STI. It is transmitted through mucosal or secretion contact with a person who has the virus that's typically through vaginal or oral or anal sex or even through kissing. But herpes could enter your body through abrasions, cuts, or scrapes if you were to come in contact with the virus. So it's just why they have chlorine in pools. It sounds like she's lying to you at the very least about how she got, got the but herpes. To your question, do you think she would lie about having it just to push you away? I could see that. For one thing, this woman has gained 40 pounds since you knew her in high school, and she's a virgin in her 30s. She may be someone who doesn't want to be seen naked, but she just mm-hmm. wants your attention. Like, she might be kind of wasting your time. Like, listen, I just want to hang out. I don't want to drive my car. I just want to hang out and not have sex. So I made up this story about having herpes so that way you won't have want to have sex with me. But I want to hang out because I want attention. I don't well, know. Well, I mean, it's I okay see it for people to have attention, right? She, she, she's lived with her parents. She has never moved out of her parents' house. She mm. lived with her parents. For the past since she since high school, she's never moved out from that oh, property. Wow. Like they have like different mobile homes and stuff on the property, but she's lived there all with her parents, and so she's never moved out or, or had her own place or anything. Hmm. She's had like like part time jobs. She worked at CBS for a while, but and so yes, yeah, she'd love a place to come in, come hang out and chill. But here's the thing, and then I and I'll I'll always dance around. She said she never had sex or did anything with anybody. But here, when we went to bed, okay, we went to my bed, and I just I, I she did do a handshake. 
Okay. So she said she would never do did, did do anything, but I, she did do a handshake. I knew a handshake would be safe. Wasn't even a very good handshake. Yeah, well, well I was going to say you, you if you've never done it before. Why would you do that? Yeah, if right. you if you've never done it before, then you may not know what you're doing in that particular case. So. Yeah, I think this is getting into an area in which we probably shouldn't delve, but you may yeah, want to call a- back on Beard Talk Live oh, yeah, yeah. on Saturday night from 10.30 Eastern Time when there's no FCC uh, to get in the way of an explicit conversation. But uh, hopefully you've gotten at least some answer here. I, I, think I Bonnie, really appreciate you guys. Hey, thanks, Bobby, Thank for the you. call tonight. And good luck out there, by the way. I appreciate it. Congrats on the weight loss. That's a huge accomplishment yeah. and, and getting a place to stay it's great and keeping up with uh, going up and down those stairs that's going to make a huge difference thanks yeah. for the call one time i dropped off an uber eats order at a hotel or not a hotel a place to live called mm-hmm. uh, uh libertarian actually found it for me once because i couldn't remember what the heck it's called it was like encore something with an e whatever um it's just this apartment complex in san antonio and it's like 30 stories tall i was yeah. like kind of scared to go to it because the person I was delivering their food to was at the penthouse. Oh, wow. And I have really bad uh, vertigo when I go in even like one level in an uh, elevator. Whoa, really? So I went up this like 30, maybe not 30, I don't know exactly, but it was a lot, like more than 20 stories. And um, I don't think we've ever been in an elevator together then. I don't think. No, I've all, all, literally thought that like, wow, yeah. what's wrong with King? We've never even been in an elevator together. <laughs> But um yeah so what was I saying so I went up like I I don't mm-hmm. remember exactly how many stories, stories it was maybe something like that in an elevator or on the stairs um no in an elevator yeah and it was I was like afraid to do it but I was like whatever just got to do it mm-hmm. and I was afraid to do it anyway because it's like a little bit of a ghetto old building it's not like a really nice one or anything and um what by the time I got up there I felt like the building was flowing in the wind mm-hmm. like my Whoa. vertigo was so bad like worse since ever been in my life and it was so scary and it just wow. makes me feel like i'm gonna pass out or something so i walked down the all those steps because oh i was goodness. just so scared it would like i'm always afraid it will like kill mm. me or something because i had concussions i don't know why it happens and it's only elevators it didn't even happen on any rides when i Ian was gonna and I ask went to you the about fair. that yeah because we, we were at the county fair earlier in uh august and there was that one ride which was like a ship and it just kept, uh, I don't know, was it a ship? Yeah, it was like this. Yeah, a ship. Like a pirate ship or something it like that. It goes back and forth, and back and forth. kind of like goes not only back and forth, but kind of up at the end of the the back and forth. It's and just swinging. Like a big, it's a pendulum. Yeah, that's the right way to describe it. And then, uh, and there's like, the drop is fairly significant on your on your belly and like you can really feel it, but that wasn't affecting you. Well, I that- told you that day, like I feel just strange, but I wouldn't say it was to the point of vertigo. I felt affected mm-hmm. by the rides in a way. But I was happy to be able to confirm that they wouldn't kill me. Hmm. I went on some that I never thought I would go on because of Ian. You probably should never be in a place where there are earthquakes then because uh, literally the buildings do sway in during an earthquake. That's scary. Because they're, they're actually, as I understand it, they're designed to do that. But my point was after walking down all those stairs, I literally was like sore the next day to where i was like i'm not going out nice. to do uber eats or anything yeah. like it i couldn't believe how sore i got from just walking down those stairs and so bobby said he's doing 15 stories 
every time he's going up and down from yeah. his apartment building. That adds, it really adds up. I didn't expect it to. I was like, I'm just going downstairs. Like, I'm just going to be like dropping onto the than, next step, right? Yeah, it's certainly easier to go down than it is to go up. No yeah, doubt about it. But that, that is still a lot of work. I still remember the day I woke up the next day. I was like, why do I feel like this? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, if you want to join the show here, you can. The number is 603-283-6160. Skeeter is on the line in California. Skeeter, have you been through an earthquake out there or more than one? Uh, I just been through a hurricane because of global warming. Does okay. that count? But what about no. what about an earthquake? It doesn't count as an earthquake. earthquake. Uh, not a big one. Not lately. Okay. Not since the eighties or whenever that uh, Oakland thing happened. Okay. Uh, he's kind of old. So you did go through it? Uh, no, I didn't go through that. No. I, I remember seeing. It on t- I, I don't remember it. I was just, I was just a little kid. I suddenly don't believe that you live in California. Oh, uh, why is that? I'm from the mean streets of San Diego. Because you just start sounding like you're lying. Like you first said that you, that was the last time you went through an earthquake. And then you were like, actually, I just saw it on TV. Don't earthquakes happen often out there? I mean, they're not big earthquakes often, but there are smaller quakes. Yeah, we're not talking Haiti 2010. Uh, Yeah, there was a smaller quake during the hurricane up north, but I didn't feel it. I mean... I think it's known for like the the fault lines from again the eighties. That's I don't even remember it. I just remember like the stories around the World Series or something. Right. It's like a faint memory. What were you calling about I don't, tonight? I don't, uh, citizenship and taxation. I'm okay. gonna make a I'm gonna make an argument that both taxation is uh, not theft and secession is. Uh, first, for my for my argument, uh, I needed to. Spell well, what about your, citizenship uh, though? Hold on. What about yeah. that one? Yeah, this is uh, well. First, uh, for the for that argument, I need to dispel your uh, echo chamber illusion that you uh, cast on Saturday when you hung up on me, and when you made the claim that uh, government makes it prohibitive uh, prohibitively expensive to uh, renounce citizenship. Renunciation yeah. of citizenship. Yeah, renunciation of citizenship is uh, it's cheap and fair. The exit tax only applies to individuals uh, with a net worth over two million dollars. And an average or an average income of uh, one hundred seventy-eight thousand. Uh, are you an attorney? Uh, last five years. Well, e- even if What's you that? were right, are they not people? Like Ian has a personal friend who had to pay a whole bunch of money to renounce his citizenship. It's not right. It is prohibitive yeah, no, to most people. I mean, I didn't make my complete argument, but it's fair in that uh, that fee is only deferred uh, taxes on capital gains he hasn't uh, paid yet. So, like, if you haven't sold a house, they're just going to calculate the value of the house minus what you uh Why you are they owed $1 for somebody just saying they want to leave the United States? Say that last part. What did you say? Why are they owed even one cent for somebody who just doesn't want to be in the country anymore? Like, peace out, I'm going to go to another I country. Mean, I kind of wanted to make my argument before I got into all this stuff, because now we're getting into, I don't like, want uh, you to talk for 20 minutes, and then I get to say one thing. That's the point that of having a conversation. What? Okay, so okay, so so what do you want to talk about then? I mean, no, as far as I just want you to question. answer the question about the thing you're saying. I'm not changing the subject or something. Because this is why it's infuriating to talk was, to you. The U.S. was nice enough to give you citizenship. That is a benevolent <laughs> uh, gift. That is trust not me, a gift, me. as we explained recently on the show. Citizenship is a lie because citizenship. You can renounce it at any time, Ian. I'll you don't have your, to renounce something, Skeeter, that doesn't exist. 
Okay. There is no such thing as a citizenship in the United States. It is all a lie. You've been lied to. Is that possible that you've been lied to? That is not a lie. That is a group of people willing to enforce that You believe a lie that is believed by a lot of people, but that does not mean that it's true. I I believe in the fact that there's a collective that will will imprison me or throw me out of the country if if I break the law or don't pay any taxes. There are some psychos out there, but they don't care whether or not you're a citizen. They're going to throw you in a prison cell either way. But but you know what? I also believe that I get more than I pay for in taxes again, remember? Yeah, you keep saying that, that, and it's a ridiculous belief system. Thank you for the call tonight. And it's fine because it's like, okay, that's just like your personal situation. Not everybody gets more than what they pay in taxes. It's so stupid. Yeah, I mean, the idea that you get anything out of government that is somehow a benefit is a tr- pure fantasy. Like if he's on some kind of welfare w- or whatever, like if his city has he some kind of program. He just loves the military, apparently. Yeah, he was saying uh, on yesterday's show, I actually answered his phone mm-hmm. call just because I didn't even mean to, honestly. <laughs> I just uh, couldn't find the window on the computer that showed mm-hmm. who was calling. So I was just like, I didn't feel, I had mentioned it looked like we had a call. Right. Couldn't see who was calling. I answered, I was like, whatever. Anyways, um, so... <laughs> He called in to say that war is good if you're an anarchist because you want uh, war to happen to break down the state. And that was so stupid when war is the health of the state. Silly, yeah. You're absolutely right. I believe it was Randolph Bourne who made that statement famous. uh, War is the health of the state, meaning that it grows the state for it to be at war. That's why you always see the U.S. federal government going and doing warmongering things all around the planet. They want the people to believe that the military is good and that it's spreading democracy and that it's spreading freedom and we're going to spread freedom in the U- in Ukraine and there's all this propaganda surrounding it and they know that people get all whipped up into patriotic fervor whenever it's wartime they and, put they put aside their differences and they back the the military and did you hear his call last night and how he did, uh, yeah. accused Nikki of Nikki said that the government wants war because they get rich off it. And yeah, he said, do. you're making the broken window fallacy, ma'am. He's so Yeah, then ignorant. you had to explain like, what that was. Yes. He, like, says things. He, like, reads, like, because he's always calling in just to read something, someone mm-hmm. else's work. And, right. it like, it's, like, just his opinion, apparently, because somebody else said it. So he's just reading it to us. And um, so, like, he's heard of this broken window fallacy. He's almost there, but he just doesn't know what he's talking about he just says no. words he's heard and uses them wrong and will be like ha, 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 ha. Yeah. <laughs> you are committing the broken window fallacy nikki when she's literally not yeah, like not for one thing one thing i pointed out was even if i don't believe this but even if the government didn't make any money on war they are gaining power like mm-hmm. that oh it looks like the twin towers were hit by a jet now we got to write the Patriot Act. Right. And Huge X, increase X and y in X, government you know. power. Yep. Happens every time. Which he apparently cheers on. Let's go to the phones here. Kadu is on the line in Connecticut. Oh, Kadu, before you go on, there was one other thing I wanted to mention uh, that I didn't. I, I, I knew I wasn't going to get an answer out of Kadu, or not, not Kadu, uh, Skeeter on this, but I wanted to ask him what the definition of a citizen is. Because it's very, very simple. It's oh, yeah. one who owes a duty of allegiance in return for an obligation of protection. And the U.S. federal government has said over and over again they have no obligation to protect the people. Yep. So, therefore, there is no citizenship. If they have no obligation, you have no duty. The deal is null and void if there ever was one in the first place. Go ahead, Kadu. 
Yeah, I had a comment on the guy who was calling for relationship advice. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never been a quintessential ladies' man. Okay. But uh, there's this line from uh, this dating coach who I've enjoyed listening to a lot of his videos called Mr. Locario, and and I tend to agree with what he said, um, which uh, the line was um, that even if it's not true, it would be wise to perceive any resistance from the female as a sign of lack of interest. So the caller might want to con- consider uh, how much resistance he's seeing in these different ways. And if, you know, if, if it seems like there's a lot of resistance, j- uh, just forget about it. Right. Like if a, if, if a woman, there's more, there's more, there's more women out there. That. And That's also true. like if a woman likes you or a woman likes you, and she's like a confident, like, I don't want to say like high value woman, because I think that's a messed up thing to say about humans. But she's a confident woman who is ready to be in a relationship, like in a good enough place in her life to be in a relationship. She will know that she wants to be with you. Like if she has any doubts, then she obviously you're not the right person for her because women know these things. Hey, thank you, Kadu, for the thoughts. I appreciate it. I think that uh, he's lost 200 something pounds if he keeps on working on himself. A better lady will come along. Uh, There's more coming up here. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Uh, Breaking news. Press NH now has just been arrested in within the last 15 minutes, apparently. Uh, at Hillsborough Police, where he had went to uh, tonight after what happened earlier today at the Hillsborough District Court, where police did not arrest him, despite recording video openly in defiance of a Supreme Court order here in New Hampshire against recording any kind of audio or video in court lobbies which is why he'd gone to the court today to partially the reason he went to the court. The other reason was he wanted to file a motion in a uh, wrongful arrest case that he's dealing with right now. Uh, so he wanted to get that procedure of interacting with those bureaucrats and filing that motion. He wanted to get it on the record. And so that's why he was recording in the court lobby. He invited Bonnie, you and I, and other activists from the Keene area, as well as Footloose, uh, from the Manchester area to come down there and back him up. There were uh, other people who were also recording in that same area today, including Footloose, uh, including our very own Riley, uh, the gentleman who just moved from Utah, Blind Riley. Yeah, he can't see the order and they wouldn't give him a Braille version. Literally, I asked, <laughs> uh, can you give Riley a Braille, Braille version? Very nicely. Yeah. I wasn't being like, hey, you know, right. I wasn't like <laughs> talking crap to him. I was like, can you give Riley a, a Braille version? Because he hasn't seen the order, right. and he just walked past me like a dirty look on his face. This is the court security officer? Yes, sorry. To? So, yeah, we haven't really got into what happened today. We spent the good chunk of the first hour kind of giving some background on the order that's in place across all New Hampshire courts, banning recording of any sort, banning even still photography 
from inside court lobbies, by the clerk's window, anywhere that's basically not inside the courtroom itself is prohibited. This is obviously an unconstitutional ban. There is such a thing as the freedom of speech. Uh, There is such a thing as the freedom of the press. The New Hampshire Constitution protects both of those things. The New Hampshire Constitution, in New Hampshire, it's actually Article 22. And uh, because I looked it up today just to uh, bring it up during the conversation with the police that were called. But also Article 8 in New Hampshire's Constitution is a uh, assurance that the New Hampshire government will be open and accountable. Transparency, that sort of thing. But no, the first thing we ran into as far as lack of transparency was the security guard who, uh, court security, who refused to give his name initially. didn't do an oath to the constitution swore said he did not swear an oath which was a surprise to me Uh, he has a gun and the ability to arrest people like what are we doing giving people it's not like i personally believe that the constitution is a sacred document but that should be a bare minimum right yeah i wonder if he swore an oath to the court system Hmm. because the attorneys they swear an oath to as i understand it to be officers of the court yep so do the court security officers also have a special court oath that they ask i didn't ask that question because i didn't think about that but uh so we had a good group we had eight people that were there uh i guess mark plus seven so there were eight total people mark from press nh now just arrested tonight just moments ago on a charge of so-called disorderly conduct and breach of bail the theory is you know this is just what i heard from footloose there during our news break But the theory is that Mark was asking his viewers on his live stream on his YouTube channel, which is Press NH Now, he was asking his viewers to contact the Hillsborough Police Department. Hmm. And they don't like it when people do that. They don't like it when the public, quote unquote, when the average people actually call them and ask them questions like, hey, is my friend okay? Yeah. You want to know what just happened? I, I called the Hillsborough Police Department um, because we had already heard that he got arrested. Mm-hmm. And I just I got an answer right away. I, they were just like, hello. And I was like, hi, I was just wondering if you can give me or if you have. Um, and I said his name, yeah. first and last name under arrest there. If you have him in, in custody. I met, uh, yeah. Well, I said his name because I know his first and yeah, last. Yeah. Name. Well, yeah. So and she was just like, one second, put me on hold, came back and was like. Um, who are you? And I was just like, my name is Bonnie. I'm with freekeen.com. And she was just like, are you related to him? And I was like, no, I'm just his friend and I'm with the media. And she said, I don't have any information to give out about that. <laughs> like, I'm not joking just like that. I don't have any information to give out about that, actually. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wait, what? What's your name? Because you, you, you're not going to tell the media if somebody's in under custody. And, and then she hung up. I, yep. I've never been treated like that. I, I oh, was you just so, haven't called enough bureaucrats. No, I mean that specific kind of bureaucrat. Like I've called. There's a lot of them. No, I mean that specific job. There's they, a lot of them will treat you that way. That's all I'm saying. I just like, said that I have way, never been treated. I know like that. the way you were treated is not uncommon. Like it's these people are rude. They have no accountability. They know that nothing will happen. She knows that there is going to be no punishment to her. Yeah. If she is rude to the next twenty people that are. But it's that not are just rude. Her. That's. Like, that should be illegal. Like, you won't answer Refusing someone... to give the question, the yeah, answer. Yeah, that the is crazy. And I know that they have the information because we know. Sure, she's got it right in front of her. Uh, he was apparently arrested, and we did pull up his live stream. He, would, he did like an hour-long live stream uh, when apparently 
the Hillsborough police sent an email to him saying that a document was ready for him to pick up. So he went down there alone and he was in the lobby of the Hillsborough Police Department for what appears to be a good hour just, you know, waiting on them to do whatever stupid bureaucracy stuff that they were doing. And then he um, then he's just got, he's leaving, walking out the front door. He is out of the front door and right. the door is shut behind him. And then they send two officers out real quick and they snatch him up. And that's the end of the, the stream. It, well, and they, breach what they of said bail. was they said breach of bail and what's disorderly conduct. Yeah. And I presume they're going to try to say that him asking his viewers to call the police department was so-called disorderly conduct. But Bonnie, you and I went to his trial in Charlestown, New Hampshire earlier this year, and that was very similar circumstances in the case in Charlestown. He did not specifically ask his viewers to call. He did give the number, I believe, or one of his viewers gave the number or something like that. There was some sort of acknowledgement on his stream that the that the uh, Charlestown police did have a phone number yep. and that people could call if they wanted to. And apparently Charlestown is still getting phone calls to this day, months and months later, <laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that. by some of his viewers. So it uh, it frustrated the police because they like to say that, well, you know, there's emergency calls that are coming in and your calls are getting in the way of the emergency calls. And so therefore it's disorderly conduct. But it's like, look, you can't control who calls the number. And just because somebody says to call a phone number doesn't mean that it's disorderly conduct. In yeah. fact, you said there was some sort of part of the trial where... Yeah. So at the um, trial for Preston H. Now for the Charlestown incident... Which he won, by the way, not guilty. Yes, he got not guilty and the judge was pissed about it. He was like, listen, I have to make it not guilty. But he didn't want to, but mm-hmm. he had to. Um, so... I'm not going to remember the exact wording and everything, but um, we were talking about it even just like a month ago at dinner at Social Sunday. He, um, so she, the prosecutor was really bad, and she was trying to make the point that it was like harassment, not harassment, but some other word, um, against the police department because he had mentioned that, he well, he literally said like, don't call the police department at blah, blah, blah number. Mm-hmm. And so his callers took, that and did call the police department on their own volition and um his lawyer just basically said is isn't it listed well she was saying so he was doing this tongue-in-cheek thing he was telling them to call even though he said do not call and uh his lawyer even said it's listed online right isn't it and she was like yes it's listed online and he said even if he told them to call that wouldn't be harassment, right? Because it's listed online. It's not mm-hmm. a private number and all this stuff. And she had to admit that that's true. I I don't remember exactly, but the judge ruled in his favor. So I'm pretty yeah. sure that basically the, that lawyer's opinion was Was that, that a disorderly conduct charge? I don't remember now. Yeah, me neither. It it was a few months ago, several months ago, I think, earlier this it, year. Actually, I don't think it was. It was, it was something weirder because I keep wanting to say harassment, but it's not harassment when, the, when it's the government. It was like... um. Using police resources, something like that, like mm-hmm. something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like what you would call harassment, but towards the government, like interfering targeting. with police yeah. business or something like that. I think it was something like that. Obstructing government administration. Yeah, something like that. And he yeah. got not guilty. And his his lawyer's opinion was obviously that even if he had said call the hills or you know the Charlestown Police Department, that still wouldn't be. It's protected illegal. freedom of speech, right. is what that is. 
So it's not a private phone number. Now it looks like he's going to have to go through the motions again and do the same case, but yeah. with slightly different circumstances in Hillsborough. And it's Hillsboro. so messed up because, of course, they didn't re- arrest him for recording inside the uh, court, which is what he wanted. Because, that was earlier today. Yeah, they didn't arrest him. Yeah, because all they have to do is get cops to show up and then say disorderly conduct at any moment in time. And breach of bail... I don't know. I didn't know he was on bail. Well, remember, he got arrested just not that long ago because this was the reason he was filing a motion in court today. That was Uh the reason he was there in the first place was because he was wrongfully arrested. Uh, He got pulled over in Hillsboro. I didn't know. Okay. What happened was dispatch claimed that he, you know, some cop ran his plate, right? And then dispatch came back and said, oh, there's a warrant for violation of a restraining order. Right. And he said, no, that restraining order has been deactivated for some large amount of time. And he said that there are like multiple documents yeah, he that says he's got evidence. To, that, right. He's got the they evidence. Have. They should have the evidence yeah. that that restraining order is not active. So dispatch gave the officers bad information. They went off that bad information and they made the arrest. And so now he has to take that to court, too. So that was why he was arrested. That's why he was out on bail. And that's why they just hit him with a breach of bail charge. So they're stacking charges up against him. And I don't know whether he's going to be let out of jail tonight. We will keep you in the loop as this uh, situation updates with uh, Press NH now. But to come back around to what we were talking about earlier in the show tonight that uh, we went with Press NH Now today with a large group of people that came out from Keene plus uh, Footloose who came out from Manchester to back him up with other people who were recording. I personally was not there to record, uh, but most everybody else there was. I'm out on bail conditions, so not really willing to take that kind of risk. But uh, apparently it wasn't much of a risk because the police backed down. They used their discretion today. And they did not arrest anyone at all at the Hillsborough Court for they were being recording. Good cops. They were on their best behavior. They were and being nice guys. It definitely helps to have multiple people on on a situation like that. Multiple activists, multiple cameras. The police had their own cameras, by the way. The police had uh, body cameras, and when they walked in through the court security, I pointed out that uh, they they're not supposed to be recording. And then the cop says, "Oh, well, there's an exemption. Wow, for law enforcement." And it's like, "Oh yeah, no. I read it in the thing." Today, oh, is actually. there? Is it actually in the court order? Yep, it's like police with body cams are allowed uh, to within the. I bet you that's what they whatever. updated because yeah, I think you oh, or somebody yeah. else had said the order was updated 2021. November. Mm-hmm. I bet they added that in at that time because hmm. there really weren't body cameras in new hampshire uh, prior to that let me pull it up because i have it not really i mean unless you unless you really want to um i mean we certainly are not going to read the whole thing because it's no really i just meant the exemption for the police yeah if you if you feel like it you're welcome to so the the event today was a success here it is it's Number four on here. Law enforcement officers with body-worn camera may activate the recording function of the camera inside a courthouse only if done in accordance with RSA 105D. Such recordings shall not be utilized for training under another RSA without an order authorizing their use from the presiding judge. Blah, blah, blah. No such recording shall be made public unless subject to production under RSA 91A5X. Yeah, okay. whatever. Yeah. So- Sounds like under this course of their duties. In yeah, the and it sounds duties. like you can request it under 91A, and then you can make it public. So um, so it was a success. Uh, there was no one who was arrested. No, it says, 
sorry, it says no such recording shall be made public un- unless unless subject to production under right. 91A. Really? So that means 91A that- is the New Hampshire law that is the Freedom of Information Act. So if we want to record in a courthouse, all we have to do is get the cops called <laughs> yeah. and then and then request- subpoena their information. Get it like five months later. Yeah, they won't be quick about it. That's for <laughs> sure. So, I mean, was it a success today? Well, not if you wanted to get arrested, because actually Mark uh, uh, from uh, Press NH Now, he wanted to get arrested today. He wanted to push this particular issue of recording in the courthouses. It's got to get done. But they didn't arrest him. They've not arrested anyone on this issue for many, many years at this point. And it does beg the question of why... Are they? I mean, obviously, they don't want this thing to be fought. They don't want to have to overturn their own order. So that's one reason why it's not happening. But secondly, why are they not arresting for a contempt charge instead of trying to finagle people into a trespassing charge? And what I mean by that is, in this particular order banning recording, it says that you can be ordered to leave. That is the quote-unquote thing, punishment or whatever, is if you're in a courthouse and you're recording openly in a non-courtroom area, they can ask you to leave, or, or I think it was order you to leave, is, uh, is the language there. Why are they doing that instead of just arresting people for contempt of court? This is the part that is most confusing to me. Well, because then people could fight that. No, you really can't fight contempt of court. Oh. That's the thing. That's that's why I'm confused about hmm. this. You can fight trespass. You can easily fight that one. You can say, look, this is freedom of speech. Doesn't matter. You know, trespass does not apply to somebody on public property not being loud, just standing in a lobby, wanting to record something. This is free speech, free press clearly constitutionally protected activities you've got a a good strong argument there but against contempt there's no statute for contempt contempt is a quote power of the court system it cannot be abolished from what i can tell and it cannot be fought against you do not have the right to appeal a contempt charge you just go to jail if a judge hits you with contempt for whatever it is, you can do it if they're offended by the way you're dressing. Hmm. That judge can hit you with contempt and put you in jail for a day, a week, a month, six months it's, with zero accountability. It's all just so messed up that that is a thing at all. Like, I can't believe that. I just tweeted about it the other day just because I was just sitting around thinking mm-hmm. about it. I was just like, how is it that people have the right or judges have the right to put you in jail for something they believe is going on in your brain. Mm -hmm. Like, um, I'm not saying that she was under any danger of contempt charges or anything, but it's just so terrible the way that judges treat people at all. Like they're like, uh, they're cattle once you get into the courtroom, because like, um, the judge in Aria's case, one day when it was actually for one of your hearings, Aria was in the courtroom as a, spectator in the pews yeah she wasn't there on trial and she was wearing a tank top and the judge stopped the proceedings to say excuse me sir i need you to wear professional clothing in this courtroom <laughs> it was crazy something like, i don't remember exactly what he said but he's, he yeah she violated the church's dress code there's not Basically. actually like a posted dress code that's my whole point it's no, like there isn't You're not right. that th- that would make it better that's weird but it was even weirder. I was like, un- in a 
perpetual shock that mm-hmm. and she so clearly presents as a woman like right. it's not even like oh i'm i'm so sorry like it was a clear jab because he knew she was didn't somebody say something to him and then yes. he took it back and yes actually because apologized? his lawyer her lawyer just happened to be in the room watching also mm-hmm. she he was like sir can i approach went up and was like that's already right, Demetso. Right, right. That's already right, Demetso. She's a trans woman. Blah, blah. And he was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It was obviously like a fake jab, in my opinion. Indeed. Um, so what else do we want to talk about today from the uh, the actual occurrence? I mean, we've just sort of been generally discussing it. But basically, we went in there. You and I went through court security. and Not recording. Right. Not and, even me. And... Uh, I went up to the window because I wanted to make sure I had the excuse that I was doing uh, business. If any, you know, I just wanted to cover that base. So I went to the clerk window and I asked, um, hey, can I have any records you have for President Chanel's name? Mm-hmm. Just because it was something I figured that they had. And uh, like, you can't do a FOIA. Did they give you anything? There. No. Um, well, I was just wait- sitting there waiting for a long time. And, the- and then the cops already got called in like mm-hmm. two minutes after you guys were trying to go through. Cause you it guys took them a while to get there. Were filming. I mean, no, like- but they got called. Is yeah, all they did get so called. So since they, uh, the security officer, like the only one uh, that was at the front, wanted to call the cops, he went over to the clerk's office over my shoulder and was like, call the cops. They're blah, blah, blah. They're recording, whatever. So they all like ditched me. And I'm just staying there for a long time. And I was just like, excuse me ma'am when somebody's trying to walk by and she really tried to walk hurry up and walk past me so mm-hmm. and she like stopped and then she turned around she's like yes and i was just like i before all this happened i was getting a records request and i was just wondering if you guys remembered that or whatever <laughs> and she was like we don't have anything on him and what? i went and asked her i went and asked him i was like they're saying that they don't have anything on you he said it may be possible because they have to get it from the cops something like that Huh. So he said. So maybe the case hadn't been filed in the. It court. just hadn't been filed in that courthouse yet. That's weird. So yeah, I thought that they were lying to me at first, but okay. And, and anyway, so after that, Riley kind of looked uh, like I. Well, first of all, I was just thinking with David Lee's advice. I was thinking we're all kind of standing in the same spot where we're just waiting for the cops. I uh, felt like Riley didn't wasn't having like a lot of fun, so I uh, asked him if he wanted to go with me to check on Ridley. We went and checked on Ridley also because. Um, Dave really was outside the whole time. Yeah. He was out on the side the of the road. Uh, Ridley has a viewpoint that people should get different vantage points, which I think is a Smart. good is a good idea. Uh, he was outside doing essentially a protest with a sign that said, "What was it? Court? Court? Um, not surveillance. Court censorship. Censorship with a big X, X through over it." it. And it, it was great. Lots of people had to have seen that that day. Waved yeah, he got a lot some of people, honks, got some honks. Uh, he was out there for like an hour and a half. Yeah, because we were in there for a while. We were in there for, I think, at least an hour. He's a great person for that hour. because he he's like good at not getting bored. He's talking about not getting bored in jail today. Mm-hmm. Like, I would just get so bored sitting on the side of the road for an hour and a half. I'd be like, Ian, let's go get mm-hmm. coffee. Well, uh, not all activism is for everybody. No, yeah, so, so that's the thing. So that's Ridley's position. So mm-hmm. Ian, or uh, Riley and I uh, went out. Oh, and Riley's holding his camera the whole time. It was great. So he just has a gimbal. He just literally has to hold his gimbal straight up and down mm-hmm. right in front of him. And it points forward for him. I, I had to adjust it like twice the whole time. It, right. it kind of like started to go to one side or whatever. Um, but he's recording with a cell phone. And that's great. And so we walked out. We recorded like the cop cars that ended up showing up 
but we stayed outside. We recorded them going in, but we stayed outside because there was like five people inside that mm-hmm. got that covered, had that covered, at least like six maybe. And um, so they stood in there talking to you guys for a long time. Ian, I mean, uh, uh, Riley and I found a spot where I could see the front door, like the entrance mm-hmm. um, that you guys were right behind. And these back doors, which looked to be the only other doors on the building that yeah. um, were clearly like where they take people out when they arrest them and where the employees go in and out mm-hmm. um, with like codes on the doors and stuff. So Riley and I said where we could see both of those and we could see Ry- Ridley in case okay. cops That's a good thing. came to get Ridley. And um, yeah, so it was Which just- they did say, by the way, on the police scanner so uh press nh now has a police scanner with him wherever he goes so he's always tuned in to what it is that they're saying about a digital one yeah it's it can decrypt digital communications and so he did hear the call from dispatch where they claimed that quote-unquote protesters were at the hillsborough courthouse and blocking she she didn't say blocking traffic no, we, yeah. She said interfering with traffic or something um, like that. There was some sort of so ridiculous claim about what Dave Ridley was doing. He was not in any way interfering with traffic. He yeah. was just simply standing on the side of the road with a sign. Yeah, not so. in the traffic at all. And and hundreds of cars probably drove past him safely that day. And to waved. the police's credit, they did not stop to harass him at all. Yeah, so. but we wanted to make sure we had an eye on him in case they went and groped him again. Yeah. So you actually weren't there for a lot of the inside stuff after you left. It was just a lot of talking to cops. I don't like that. Yeah, there was a lot of back and forth between uh, Press NH Now and Footloose, who came armed with the various different court rules when it comes to recording video and such and there was just a lot of back and forth between the uh one of the police officers there were three hillsborough cops that responded there was one younger guy and then two more senior officers the younger guy actually seemed somewhat intelligent uh he seemed like he was able to speak intelligently on things he did not want to be he made a comment that he did not want to be there to enforce uh these sorts of things he he wanted to go after real criminals things like well, that being intelligent as a cop just makes me think you're an even worse person hmm. well i you know i don't have the same harsh feelings towards them i think that that you do about How's this it harsh i just well, think you call them a, a worse person or whatever you I mean, can be a bad person you can change, but you can also be a bad person. Is it just like, well, it's harsh to call Hitler bad. <laughs> it's so harsh. The number here is 603-283-6160. Like I said, I, I don't think I would go that far, but I get I get where you're coming from, and I get where the frustration with the police comes from. The cops the that wanted me to go out naked, they, they were just not good people that were in the wrong place at the wrong timing. There's more coming up here. Hour number three is coming up. Free Talk Live. It is Free Talk Live. You can join the show here and you can bring up whatever you want to discuss. The number is 603. 603- 283 That's 603-283-6160. And in the studio tonight, it's Ian. 
Bonnie and Coconut is gagging. Poor Coconut. So sorry if you guys can hear that. He got a new type of food today and... He really liked it. It went down easy, (laughs) but apparently some of it's coming back up. Yeah, I think that every time you feed a dog a new food, it's usually like, Mm. you know, uh, disruptive to their digestive system. It's a good food. It's better for him than the last one. But yeah, he he was like picking out only the new pieces and not eating any of the new uh, old ones because mm-hmm. I had mixed it because that's what you're supposed to do to introduce dog to a new food. But he was like, well, you didn't really mix it. You just kind of put it on top. But but either I way, he still would have picked it out. I but think. I didn't know he was going to do that. I thought he was just going to eat whatever yeah. went in his mouth. You want to go check on him? Okay. Uh, so the number here is 603-283-6160. We've been talking about the ability for people to record in courthouses, which in some places apparently in the country you can't even do. Uh, you can't record in the courtroom or they make it very, very difficult. Here in New Hampshire, we've had a long history of recording video in courts. I personally have done probably days and days and days worth of recording. I don't even want to think about how many hours of court I have recorded in the last decade. Uh, actually, I've been here now almost 17 years. This weekend, uh, Labor Day weekend, will be 17 years for me here in New Hampshire. I moved here in 2006 as part of the Free State Project and uh, we still have people moving here as part of that uh, that migration. And some of those people were out today, uh, including our very own Riley Blake and uh, Dave Ridley. Uh, both came along with us today. Uh, me, Chris, and Bonnie all rode up, carpooled together to Hillsboro District Court, which is, you know, kind of one of the one of New Hampshire's many podunk uh, towns. And this was a podunk court for sure. Very, this very. This was the most podunk court i've ever seen in my life it was it's very very small um you know like the the court lobby is maybe twice the size of this room that we're in right Courts now just can't win we either say oh they're so opulent and gross because they're just, you know, or we're like this was a podunk, <laughs> podunk. court <laughs> well no they can't win they're terrible yeah <laughs> um and they uh, there was one security officer there who literally pulled out a script like there was there was a sheet that he was following in the very beginning i'm sure you can see it when you uh if you watch the video from today from press nh now which i presume because they were notified i don't know if he was actually no he wasn't streaming so that video may not be out yet but um, what video oh the video press nh now is recording today he was recording the whole time he was in there and so you'll probably be able to see the officer up front he literally pulls up a sh- you know some sheets of paper and just straight up reads off the sheet like okay uh if they don't comply then call the police it was basically telling him what to do in the circumstance yeah because footloose and presidential now had went to the Super- or supreme court in new hampshire that was earlier, earlier in, the, in day, the day and he they had told um them that that's what they planned to go do Go record mm. in the lobby. Yeah, I mean, you would think that they would have called down to Hillsborough Court to let them know about that. Yeah, they probably. But did. also, if they had done that, I would have expected them to have more than one security guy on duty, and they only had one guy. Hmm. So, I don't know if they actually did call, but maybe they did. Anyway, uh, we showed up with a good group of people that came out on very short notice to make a stand for recording in these court areas. Unfortunately. If you want to challenge a bad law, you usually have to put throw yourself into the meat grinder of the government system in order to actually make that challenge. You can't just go and file a case against what you consider to be a bad law because right. they will say you don't have standing. Even though 
theoretically, the law could be applied to you. Because the law is not applied to you or has not yet been applied to you, you have no standing. And, and it's crazy because in this case, usually you'd say, oh, well, talk to your state reps. But you can't even change it with the state reps because it's the court. Policy. Yeah, um, I think the state reps could do very, very little about this besides amend the Constitution, which, of course, is not an easy thing to really do. Um, but I was going to say that I encountered this lack of standing issue during COVID. I don't know if you remember this, Ar- or Aria, Bonnie, but me and Aria and a lady who is a local entrepreneur here sadly passed away named Malaise, yep. who ran the uh, the great, once great restaurant, so Tha Keen Great. That was the name of the restaurant uh, here in Keen. It was she, a pho noodle restaurant? Correct. It was a pho noodle restaurant. She uh, and Aria and I were the plaintiffs in a case against the city of Keen when they had a mask mandate in place. Oh, yeah. They said you didn't have standing to complain because no one had like taken your rights away right. by not wearing a mask. Right. So because the Keen police, to their credit, were refusing to enforce the Keen mask mandate, they never arrested anybody for it. They never really even threatened anybody. I wouldn't over it. characterize it as they were refusing to do anything about the mask mandate. I would because they were refusing to do anything about the mask mandate. Even Keen police officer uh, Jason Short spoke that came about out. a lot later, and he was like, you know, it would have been a lot more heroic of him if it was like right away. That that came out a lot later when, po- like, businesses were already not like. Getting people trespassed over it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, he did. He did speak out against it, though, and I mean, he does deserve some credit for that. Regardless of what other disagreements I I might have with him, Keen Police made public statements anytime we were around them that they weren't going to do anything about the masks. It was not the official policy, Bonnie. So the the chief doesn't deserve credit for this. The Keene police chief was playing very political with it. You know, he was like, well, we're here to do our job and we'll do whatever job we got to do. Or something. He had this very sort of vague statement that he made about it, which didn't really say they were going to enforce it. And it didn't really say that they weren't going to enforce that they were, you know, he, he didn't really like make a real firm position on the uh, on the issue. But the officers themselves, when you were to actually speak to them in person, they would just be like, yeah, this is ridiculous. We're not going to. Waste our time. But if somebody was stuff. like, "Okay, I order you to go do something about it," they would have done it. I, like, like you're making it sound like they were like, "We will not comply." Like that didn't happen. I'm, I'm not saying that's what they were saying, but no one. I mean, they, they were under what? If you want to consider what the Keen City Council was doing in order, they passed an ordinance. Is that not an order to the Keen Police with a huge out? Right. Well, the out. All the time for the police is their discretion, which is what they did today. No, no, no. I meant that the people going into businesses, if they said they had a medical condition and couldn't wear a mask, they didn't have to. Yeah, I guess that was in there, if I recall correctly. But and that's everyone not... has the medical condition that they have to breathe correctly, right? Yeah, but not everybody's going to know that. They're not necessarily going to claim that. They never wrote a single ticket for it, and the officers themselves were protesting the idea of enforcing it. But That's either way, a fact. the re- reason you brought it up was to say, since you didn't actually get like kicked out of a restaurant for not wearing a mask, the court said, oh, you guys don't have standing because yeah. you didn't get abused by this the, law. Right. They tossed this uh, lawsuit that we brought against the city of Keene and I think against the governor as well uh, for their mask mandates. They threw it out. 
So it's a fact. You have to have your rights violated, not just the theory that your rights could be violated, not just the fact that there is a law on the books that is violative in theory of people's rights. The law has to be enforced upon you before you have standing in their court system, their crappy system, to actually potentially overturn that law. Otherwise, you just have to, like you were saying, Bonnie, beg the legislature uh, to do something about it to change their minds and if they can't they can't like um contempt yeah so we're going to keep you in the loop as this uh continues to develop i have invited uh press nh now on the show he's not sure if he wants to uh bring more attention to himself as an individual he just wants to bring attention to the government and their corruption uh, that is out there, which is now again on display as he has just been arrested within about the last hour or so for so-called disorderly conduct uh, at the Hillsborough Police. Again, earlier today, Hillsborough Police declined to arrest him. He almost begged them to arrest. He <laughs> he he just I don't know if you were, I don't think you were there no. for this part. He just basically threw out the challenge. He said, "Look, I am not going to stop recording." You can go ahead and arrest me. You know, he basically asked them to arrest him today. Yep. And the police declined to arrest him. And that was an, was evidence of the police using what is called discretion. And if an officer ever says to you that they have to arrest you for something, oh, I don't want to do this, but I have to do this. Uh, it's, it's the law. I've got to do it. No. No. Police have discretion. That means they can choose whether or not to enforce the, the so-called only, law. The only um, exception is something like if they witness somebody murdering someone. Yes, there are certain felony exceptions. Yeah. Yes, there are certain felony exceptions to discretion. But for the most part, most quote-unquote crimes, police can decide, oh, no, this is a BS charge. We're just going to walk away from this. And that is what they did today. Now, actually, they didn't walk away. I'll, I'll uh, the, the full story is we waited there until the end of the court day. So court ends at, you know, four o'clock. The courts close at four because they don't hold regular business hours. They heard they hold bureaucrat business, uh, quote unquote, business hours. And so the cops just basically hung out. We'd gone there at three o'clock and we went in, waited for uh, state representative Jason Gerhard to arrive. And when he arrived, we all went in together. So we were there for a good chunk of an hour. And the cops just basically hung around and chatted with some of the activists about the the law and about this illegal order, this unconstitutional order of the courts banning recording. They tried to get people to stop recording, but it never really happened and they never did anything about it. So essentially they stood down uh, today mm-hmm. and and they've stood down on this issue in recent years, which is a good thing. But the I think the big question, and we haven't really touched on this part yet, the big question that I think uh, Footloose and Press NH now asked today that really obviously doesn't have an answer because the cops aren't going to be honest about this is if it's not one of us, quote, you know, the activists, the yeah. libertarian pro-freedom activists here in New Hampshire, if it isn't the known activist person who's going into the court, if it's just like an average person who 
They get it in their head. They're going to pull out a video camera and record the court bureaucrats doing what they do. And they get intimidated into stopping recording. Are they going to be arrested because they don't know their rights? Because they you know, can easily be uh, run roughshod over top of? Uh, are they going to treat non-activists or new activists or unknown people differently than they treated us today? Yeah. Would they have treated press nh now differently if he were alone if he had gone mm-hmm. to that court alone and maybe without ever uh like going to the supreme court and telling them that he was gonna he planned to do that yeah if he'd just shown up and and just kept recording and then he was outnumbered by the police because we outnumbered them yeah and one of the things that you'll see almost like hiding like i was like reaching over around the wall to like take pictures of him there yeah and uh so what happens when you outnumber the police is it changes the dynamics of the power situation. They, Hold on, now that it turns them into good cop mode. Well, as I said, they were on their best behavior today. There's no no doubt about that. Um, and so, again, what would have happened if it was just one person? What if it was just Press NH now? Well, he knows his rights. He's going to make a good stand regardless of whether anyone else is there to witnesses, witness it or not. But as we saw on the video from his YouTube channel from within the last hour, being alone... When he went to the police department, he got arrested. Now, would that have gone differently if there were 15 people there or several, you know, eight people there or something like that, like there was today? And again, the average person, if they go in there and they try something like this, what's going to happen to them? That is a question we don't have the answer to. Uh, The only way to find out the answer to that would be to send somebody into the court who is not already a known YouTuber. Hmm. Somebody or that, like free stater. Yeah, somebody they're not going to recognize when they walk in the door and have them put this to the test and see what happens. Hmm. But I don't, you know, there's not a long line of people that are standing but there waiting to do that. But if they are going after anyone else who does it who's not a free stater or activist, isn't that pretty, like, is that not illegal in some way? Like, How would not, that be illegal? Not, not favoritism, but the opposite of favoritism? Discrimination. Yeah, discrimination. No, I don't think you'd be able to claim that because, I mean, that was what I think uh, Press NH now suggested toward the end of the day today. But no, I don't think you'd be able to claim that because the police would just say, well, we were using dis- uh, yeah, discretion. I mean, you can't get in- them in trouble for anything. So. No, no, basically not. And so this is still developing. We will continue to keep you in the loop. Bonnie, was there anything else that uh, you wanted to share about today's goings on? There was one thing I wanted to say, and I can't forget what it is now. So. Well, if it comes back up, that's fine. You can bring it up. Let's go to the phones here. We've got Law Dog on the line in Michigan. Go ahead, Law Dog. Hey, how you doing, Ian? What's Bye. on your mind tonight? How you doing? Good. How are you? What's on your oh, mind? Oh, uh, I, uh, I haven't called in a while. What's, uh, what's your gig there? Are you Have you been sentenced yet or not? Uh, not at this point. You're referring to the Crypto 6 case, uh, which you can go to thecrypto6.com to learn more about why the federal government thugs raided our studio and our home and multiple homes of some of our friends and co-hosts back in March of 2021. Um, I am scheduled for a sentencing hearing on September 11th at federal court at 10 a.m. in Concord, New Hampshire. So that's the current date and okay. time. Okay. All right. What kind of what kind of time are you looking at? Sentencing guidelines is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's uh, the guidelines say I think 15 to 20 years. Uh, so that is the uh, the guideline range. Of course, the judge can sentence outside of the guidelines. He can uh, depart above and he can depart below, as they call it. So it could uh, be anything. 
Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. Uh, the nation's got to get together here and uh, uh, get somebody to pardon the Crypto 6, and you can put me uh, first in line on that, brothers, okay? You're going to somehow pardon us? How does that work? No, I'm going to... I'm going to ask for the uh, uh, presidential candidates. Uh, oh, that's, that are that's out nice. There. That's very kind. Of yeah, you. we're going to ask that. them to, to pardon you. Which which one do you think uh, on those uh, Republican doctored sides you think uh, you'd be uh, best to um, that would pardon you? None of them. I have no expectation that any of the mainstream candidates would uh, would pardon the crypto six, but. Aaron Day certainly would, who yeah. is the Republican. You don't even have to ask him. Um, he probably is, okay, is already about, planning on that. What about the Democrats? What, uh, uh, what douchebags on the Democrats? Do I said think? I do don't expect Gavin any of the pardon? mainstream candidates to pardon the Crypto Six. Um, I know that the uh, RFK guy and the Vivek guy are pimping towards the Bitcoiners, but I think that's just they just want the Bitcoiners' money. I don't think they actually care about ross ulbricht or anything like that well, you, you know you just you just got to stop running them down you know and uh, those guys are open mind they don't no they're they not really don't give a crap about you it's about the uh, principles over personalities and i think you'll win if uh you know these people uh, don't have principles come down, right they don't huh? have prince they don't have principles they're, they're, if they have a principle it is the I principle think that's of what power he's saying, Ian. i think he was saying that they don't give a crap about you but they want voters right yeah, yeah, they, they it would be it would be a public relations thing. I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't well, know if you What do you think, Bonnie? What do you think? I don't think that it's the most productive way to like get your hopes up about like a good outcome for Ian because even Well, you got to have some hope with if you're if you're facing 10 to 20. I have more I mean, I I would, important I would hope. shoot for it. I'd even I'd even do some fundraising for it if I were you guys. You guys got the medium to do that. But what do you do with money like when a jury has convicted you of eight crimes? What do you use the money for? Well, you, you, you know, uh I, I don't know. I, I, I guess well, I'm law dog. I appreciate your no. optimism. No, I, I'm an optimist. Also, I'm just yeah. saying. All I'm saying is, I wouldn't ever expect any presidential candidate to actually do anything for anyone. I don't even expect if Vivek Ramaswamy wins. Okay, wait, wait a second here. Wait a second. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. Pardon me. <laughs> Forgive me the crap about you guys, okay? That's very nice. I know. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you that I don't appreciate what you're saying. I just don't have any expectation yeah, okay. that presidential candidates will give a rat's rear end about uh, our circumstances here. These are not yeah. uh, people who are about compassion. They're not about showing compassion. They're about, you know, tough-on-crime nonsense. Russell Brick has, like, over 500,000 petitions about him ian doesn't get anything like that no matter what he's given to the free state project they don't care they're just like we can't talk about him because that could make us look bad and we won't be able to sell as many houses because we're all real estate agents no, but now we should be talking about him he's he's he's, he's got uh he, he's got the testicles of an elephant he's, <laughs> he's he's going forward with this now come on well you know? i mean bonnie doesn't I mean, disagree with you law dog I, but... I don't like this defeatist attitude that you guys got no it's not defeatist you... i'm not I'm not optimistic. I, I am you guys, optimistic about I got hope you the guys. whole thing. Are, are you? 
Are you are, are you going to crap on my hope that I have for you guys? Is no, that what you're trying to do? I'm only trying to crap on the hope about the president, the candidates for president, but not. I'm an optimist about Ian's situation. Like, yeah, I think we'll, we'll I believe in God. have success based on the appeal, honestly, more so than a uh, a situation with some great man who's going to swoop in on his magic carpet and you know come on ian he's uh indian not middle eastern with a flying carpet <laughs> i wasn't even thinking of it back in that uh in that <laughs> oh, case you're looking for you're looking for the magic carpet ride huh is that that it that was a 70s tune yeah, yeah i'm well aware of it hey law dog thank you for the kind words i do appreciate it and uh thank you for the call tonight i'm just not going to look to the presidential candidates as the solution here uh unfortunately it it seems at least from the people that were on the jury in the crypto six case it doesn't seem like the jury has any value towards helping bitcoiners or looking at uh at cryptocurrency people as good people i'm saying based on the jury's decision in my case where there was no evidence of any of these so-called crimes but they convicted me anyway all eight yeah of all eight crimes, including one that has now been overturned after the fact of the so conviction, because yeah. it was so full of it, uh, that the, that even the judge had to admit that this never should have gone to the jury, and he threw out the money laundering count. And that like doesn't happen, to people. By the way, it's not like it's like every time you go to trial, basically the judge will throw out a couple. No, that yeah, doesn't happen. Doesn't the happen. judge already, I mean, the jury already decided that he was guilty of a thing, and the judge said, "Yeah, no, that one's." getting thrown out. No, it would have been nice if he'd done the same thing for the other seven counts. Yeah. So he hasn't done that, so we're going to have to... I'm not saying he's a good guy. I'm saying that that's gonna, how full of it this charge was. We're going to have to go to the appeals uh, on on this after sentencing. Hopefully you can stay out on appeal. It's a possibility. Um, I don't know how likely it is, but it could happen. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's options that we have here. People who go for pardons are people who have no options remaining. Like Ross Ulbricht. He has exhausted his appeals. He has no other option besides a a presidential pardon or commutation. The number here is 603-283-6160. That's 603-283-6160. You can join the show. It is Free Talk Live. Talk live. You can join the show here. The number is 603 283 6160. That's 603 283 6160. Ian and Bonnie here tonight. You can join us online, of course, as well over at freetalklive.com. And uh, definitely want to say thanks to our supporters of our AMPS program, like Andrew Loy, who is a silver level supporter, meaning Andrew's contributing five bucks a month through amps.freetalklive.com. It takes you over to our Patreon page. AMPS.freetalklive.com is a way for you to get behind what we do here on Free Talk Live. Makes a big difference for us, helps us advertise, market, promote, and support what we do. But if you don't like Patreon, and there are reasons not to like it, uh, then you can support Odyssey. You can support the show through our Odyssey channel as well. Go to video.freetalklive.com and you can click on join at the top of the page. And then your uh, fee that comes, I think it's actually added on top of the $5 through Odyssey. But a portion of that fee will go to support the good folks over at Odyssey and their great platform that we are live video streaming on every single night 
Uh, so thank you to our supporters on Patreon. Thank you to our supporters on Odyssey. Odyssey supporters just got a new perk last week where we have locked down the Odyssey chat room to members only. So. And I don't have to deal with the annoying YouTube gang that used to be on the YouTube chat. And all they do is go like, Ian Freeman's a criminal. Bitcoin is a scam. Yeah, yeah. It got really tiresome. So that's all they gone. They say the same things every night. Every single dumb. night. It's almost like they're a robot on yeah, a script. they're like AI. So anyway, that's all out of there now. So you can get in there. Uh, go to video.freetalklive.com and click on join. Let's go to the phones here. Tom is on the line in New Hampshire. Go ahead, Tom. Yeah, it's about Donald Trump. And uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's no good, that he's uh, a crazy tyrant who's uh, furious that he uh, didn't get reelected. Mm-hmm. By mm-hmm. the way, when you say uh, a candidate defeated another candidate, uh, don't forget it's not like they were playing chess where they uh, made the chess move that caused the defeat or uh, the checkmate. It's more like the voters defeated uh, a candidate. Mm-hmm. But the, the problem is that, I mean, Donald Trump is such a totally crazy tyrant, who's totally unfit to hold public office, but... He could very well win the Republican nomination, and Joe Biden is so bad that uh, Trump might wind up getting elected. And the way to prevent that is where the Constitution says in Article 2, each state shall appoint in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct a number of electors. Uh, You know, uh, down in Georgia, maybe uh, the legislature would say, okay, uh, just for 2024 only, Governor Brian Kemp will appoint the electors, and he's not going to appoint people who are pro-Trump. And just for 2024, uh, the New Hampshire electors are going to be appointed by Governor Chris Sununu, because he knows better than to uh, appoint people who would vote for Trump. Hold on, are you and, saying uh, this, this, are you speculating about this, or are you saying this is uh, going to happen? This is, what, this is what they need to do. Because the national security of the United States depends on Trump not getting uh, elected. Oh, please. As though that sorry, really matters. I actually like zoned out for his whole call. I just don't care about Trump and all this stuff. Yeah, apparently he really believes that Trump is some sort of a danger to so-called national security. I mean, what are you talking about? Well, I mean, he brought those uh, top secret documents uh, to Mar-a-Lago. So what? Didn't Hillary Clinton do the here. same thing? Who cares? Well, you know, he's, and why do uh, you care about national security anyway? I mean, aren't you supposed to be critic of the government? I think they're all bad. I'm not saying like Trump is great. Hillary Clinton sucks. I'm saying like they're all so bad. We just need to separate ourselves from their system, not yeah. worry about who's in charge. Shouldn't all their documents be available for inspection anyway? I mean, right. No, there are certain uh, ones that are uh, secret for a you know, the locations of submarines and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, the national security of the United States uh, is should not be uh, uh, trampled so, for the benefit of somebody setting up a dictatorship instead. Donald uh, Trump could take care of our libertariat problem for us? I don't know That'd what that be means. Based. What, what does that mean? He works on submarines. Oh, okay. Uh, thank you, Tom, for the call tonight. I'm kind of surprised to hear that call from Tom because he has purported to be a libertarian in the past. He's always seemed very anti-cop and Yeah, and government. for him to get on the Trump- air and start trump- trumpeting about uh, how important national security is and how important secrets uh, for the government are is a real change of character he for him. He loves the Patriot Act now. That Tom, you mean? Yeah, he loves the NSA now. Very secrets. strange. Very strange call. Uh, the number six zero three two eight three sixty one sixty. 
You can bring up anything you want here. So let's change gears a little bit here, Bonnie. Uh, There's something called the Jones Act. Do you know what that is? It means that a ship can't leave the United States and then go to a different port in the United States to transfer goods and sell them? Only if it is a U.S. ship. So U.S. ships can't leave one port in, from the U.S. and travel to another port in the U.S.? No, only U.S. ships can go oh. from one port in the U.S. to another port in the U.S. Okay, okay. So uh, that is what the Jones Act is. It's been around now for 103 years. It was And it created- really messes things up, makes things expensive, keeps lots yes. of people out of jobs. Yeah, 1920 was when the Merchant Marine Act, according to the Josiah Bartlett Center for Public Policy at jbartlett.org, And they've got an interesting story here about the Jones Act and how it's affecting, you know, the wildfires in uh, Maui, or I don't know if they were wildfires or whatever they were, the huge fires that happened down there. Well, I don't know whether they were human set or if they figured out where they came from, but it did a lot of damage, right? Like a lot of people died, a lot of property got destroyed, and that's horrible. And it's horrible that anybody has to go through a situation like that, but to make matters worse... It is more difficult to actually get relief, like new things to build a house back with or food from the Red Cross or whatever, right? Like different things that are supposed to be coming in to help people in a circumstance like this. It makes it more difficult to get those things if you are only allowed to use U.S.-based shipping ships yeah, like when, to do it. Uh, Puerto Rico was completely like almost decimated because of a hurricane the Jones Act was messing up getting them supplies. Correct. And the same thing is now happening in Maui. So according to Josiah Bartlett, they say that even some who typically support government intervention in the economy are now speaking out against the century-old law. It's a federal law, the Jones Act, that restricts shipping between U.S. ports to ships that are U.S.-owned, U.S.-built, and U.S.-crewed only. So gross. So that really narrows it down. You can't even buy a ship from somewhere else, even if you are a U.S.-based company. You so have weird. to buy a ship built in the United States. It's like, if anyone is listening and thinks, yeah, well, it's going to give America a lot more jobs and money that way. No, it literally makes people poorer Yes, and in this, America and outside. And this article explains why that is. In case it's not obvious to you, why protectionism doesn't work, the restrictions make it harder for mainlanders to help their fellow Americans, such as Puerto Ricans and Hawaiians, after serious disasters. Seeing this, the Boston Globe has called for the act's full repeal, citing increased costs of cargo and shipping and the delayed arrival of relief aid. The Globe said this in their article, quote, Relief efforts for Americans who happen to live on islands are hampered by a century-old shipping law that delays the arrival of short-term aid and makes long-term recovery more difficult and costly. You've surely heard about how expensive it is to live on an island, right? Just because shipping is way more expensive? Right. You've got to ship everything in. You can't just, you know, they can't make everything on the island, right? Like there's only so much you can do there. And so there's incredible costs to ship things to an island. So if you are only allowed to use certain shipping uh, companies, a very limited number of them, then that's going to increase the cost of shipping because you don't have free market competition. You don't have global competition uh, going on. Because why is that important, though? Competition drives prices down because people will say, I'm willing to do this job for X amount of money. And somebody else says, well, I'm willing to do it for 
X, which is a less amount of money. Instead, amount of money. you get a limited amount of players in a very restricted market, which is to say the U.S.-based, U.S.-built, U.S.-owned ships. And they can charge whatever they want. Yeah, they basically have a cartel, and so it Monopoly. runs the prices up. Well, not a monopoly, a cartel, yeah, a cartel or an oligopoly, a group, a small group that are benefiting from this. Uh, they say here, by connecting the Maui tragedy to the Jones Act, the Boston Globe has put itself on the side of long overdue free market reform in this policy area. The Globe says further, foreign shipbuilding long ago outstripped that being done in the United States, and it's far less expensive. A recently constructed container ship built to serve Hawaii from the mainland carried a price tag of more than $225 million, according to the Cato Institute. Compare well, that, $225 million, to what it would cost for a similar South Korean-built ship, which is only $41 million. Hmm. Operating, still seems crazy. That is crazy. It's a huge difference. But it, it's a huge difference, but still, $41 million is crazy. Well, I mean, these are huge ships for you know cargo shipping. I mean, they're not... Not cheap. Hmm. Operating costs of American vessels, that same study noted, are roughly three times that of their international counterparts. Well, why is that? Well, that's probably because of unions, for instance. These uh, ship unions or whatever, the the people that are running these ships are getting a tremendous amount of money for doing these jobs, three times as much to run the ship as what it would cost from you know South Korea or some other place in Asia or wherever else these things are shipping out of, uh, where you don't have to pay people as much to do the, the same job. Thus, the Protectionist Jones Act simply adds to the cost of everything carried on those vessels. Because... Whatever the costs are of the company that has to do the work, the customer has to pay for those costs. So if it costs three times as much to run the product, you're going to pay three times as much to ship the product, at least, if not more. 2020 study by the Grassroot Institute of Hawaii estimated the Jones Act cost the average Hawaiian family some $1,800 a year just for the quote-unquote benefit of getting your products off of a ship run by americans is that something you are willing to pay there'd be no possible way that even if it was like well we're keeping all the money in the american economy there'd be no way that you'd be saving based on what you just told me about how much it costed the family eighteen hundred dollars a year it's crazy is that something you're willing to pay for this fantasy about helping americans uh, every year. And the cost of the island some $1.2 billion per year. Whoa. What is more important to you? This sort of fanciful concept of helping American shipping companies that cost three or four or five times too much to get not that great a service? Or is it more important that your family get the best product at the best price in the best, fastest manner? Because that's what you're not getting. That's... That is the the uh, opportunity cost here. You can see the number at $1,800, but that doesn't explain the delays that you have to deal with, the inaccessibility of getting the things that you want shipped to you when you want them from where you want them shipped. Just consider there is another way, and it's just we aren't allowed to do it 
a better way because of the government. After Hurricane Many Fiona such cases. struck Puerto Rico, this is what you were talking about, Bonnie, last September, the Globe pointed out at that time that the Jones Act hindered relief efforts and subsequently called for its repeal then. They said at the time, once again, Puerto Ricans are paying the price for an antiquated shipping law that makes food and other goods more expensive on the island. I can't remember. Did Trump allow that? Uh, allow what? Like an exemption during? I don't know. Uh, that was last September, so it wouldn't have been Trump. Oh. The law is inexcusable in ordinary times and downright scandalous now when the island is reeling from yet another natural disaster. I remember the example that we were given at the time, Bonnie, of this particular application was that there was literally an oil shipping, uh, Derek or whatever, and Derek's not the right word, an oil shipping container yeah. that was out there off the coast of Puerto Rico. After this hurricane, it was literally within eye, you know, eyesight of Puerto Rico, but it was not allowed to dock in Puerto Rico and deliver any of the oil from that uh, that ship because it wasn't a U.S. based ship. It was just docking, just sitting there. <laughs> it can't, just absolutely insane. That'd be some great civil disobedience if they're just like, you know what, we don't care, and they just went. Yeah, great question. Are there going to be men with guns that uh, hold them at at bay? And pre- prevent them from Probably offloading not from the Puerto oil. Ricans, right? Well, they've got feds down there, too. Yeah, but... So who knows? Uh, going on. 100 years of protectionism in the U.S. Shipping has... Uh, a protectionism in U.S. shipping has artificially inflated the price of goods for all Americans, as well as the cost of shipping itself. And by shielding U.S. shipbuilders from foreign competition, the Jones Act has stunted U.S. shipbuilding while the rest of the world has thrived in a competitive global market. According to the U.S. Department of Transportation, the United States has only 99 ships that are Jones Act compliant for domestic transports. 99 ships. That's literally nothing. That is all of the ships that they have to ship products from one American port to another. Wow. Meanwhile, there are more than 60,000 commercial Whoa. vessels in the entire ocean around the world. So they can come to the United States, obviously. They just can't go from one port to another. They have to go Correct. somewhere else. And that's causing extremely, you know, it's pumping up the prices. Because if you got to be like, well, we could go from California to this lower part of california but instead we're gonna have to go from california to somewhere far away i don't even know what else is out there in pacific ocean to some pacific island and then come back to california stupid it makes absolutely no sense and it is putting people out of a job this article doesn't get into it but there was another story i'd read where and i think uh libertariat in our chat room over at chat.freetalklive.com is referencing this how the number of U.S. ships has been going down over time. Why? Well, because it's just not worth it to keep making these ships when you can make, you know, the, when the demand for shipping is global, if you're going to build a ship and start a shipping company, why would you want to do it with the, the United States where you have to pay four times as much for the ship and three times as much for the crew? Hmm. When you could just go and get a ship for a fraction of the cost from South Korea Crew it with people from, you know, Africa or whatever and get into the shipping business. Yep. So it's just driving people out of the business, even though they're quote unquote protected, even though they're protected industry, 
It's protecting them right out of a job. It's protecting them out of getting contracts. That's terrible. And people are tricked, you know, by just, well, they said they're protecting us. Yeah. It's like unions in a way. Absolutely. Uh, it's like the radio business. They're protecting the radio industry right out of listeners and moving them over to the in- the Internet where there's no, comp- you know, there's plenty of competition and there's no regulations. What are they doing on the radio? What are they protecting? The licenses protect radio stations from other other stations coming on the air. Hmm. So there's a very limited supply of radio stations because of the government. And you're saying if there w- that wasn't, then more good There'd be more choices. Would, yeah, You'd have on. more listening options on, on the air. And people uh, might be more interested in that than the same crap that's been playing. Exactly. Yeah, if, if all you had to do was, was pay for a transmitter and an antenna, and then you could just go on the air, it would cost next to nothing to have your own radio station. But instead, you have to apply with the government, and they only open up the application window once every 10 years. Wouldn't it be it, so cool if like all your neighbors had their own like little radio stations? You could know whatever they were like blogging about themselves over the airwaves whenever you wanted to, and all your neighbors had their own hot air balloons to fly around in the air. <laughs> I'm just still stuck on this ever since I found out about the Hindenburg. Mm-hmm. I think that that was a fake disaster that they made because they're like, this is so good, and people could f- end up flying these themselves, like their own like smaller version of these blimps. And you think they faked the Hindenburg? Yeah, so I think that they blew up the Hindenburg, <laughs> so that way... Were there really people on it who well, died? Well, yeah, they probably really died. They just okay. sacrificed those people so they okay. could be like... Look, this is so dangerous. We got to have... I mean, it was full of hydrogen, right? We got to have only jets, and we got to um, only have commercial pilots fly them, and we got to make sure the government controls all the planes. Instead of you just being like, listen, I got to go from New Hampshire to Connecticut to pick up my friend. I'm going to take the blimp because I can just fly right over all the highways, <laughs> and at a slow speed, it'd be easier to land than like learning how to ride a plane or drive a plane or fly a plane. Anyways, so all I'm trying to, to bring up is, would it be great if the government just got out of the way and let people do people things? Like yeah. how uh, many amazing things would be going on in our world? Yeah, flying cars. Say. I mean, that's We'd have that literally now, a fact sure. that flying cars have been invented already. Yeah, they were invented in the 70s. And the federal government was like, yeah, no, we can't allow that. Pretty much. No, literally. Yeah, that's that's what happened. Yeah. Um, yeah, we've talked about the flying car. It was like 1979 or something that was, I'm forgetting the name of it right now. The Sky Car, the Mueller Sky Car was like the first, what was supposed to be mass producible uh, flying car. And the FAA just said, yeah, that's not an option. It doesn't matter what um, business, I mean, no, sorry, perks that Skeeter thinks the government gives him. Skeeter oh, is the a government- caller gives me these perks for being a citizen. I mean, that's a pretty sad situation or idea outlook considering how much better his life could, could be, be if the government just got out of the way. Well, that's the I mean, unseen. That's just like, you can't see what's being right. taken from you. Just just a person with no imagination. Mm-hmm. So I got highways thanks to the government. You guys better uh, stop fighting my government because I want my government so I can have highways. Like I that's just, a ridiculous... I agree. I happened to see this article on Drudge Report a few days back and when I marked it for show prep, and I didn't know that it was actually ends up focusing on New Hampshire. So it started out Mm. talking about Maui and the islands, but also the Jones Act hurts states as well. It it hurts people on the mainland, even though we have more shipping options than people on islands do because we can get things on trucks uh, here, but it still hurts us and it explains how. 
So it says here that uh, the ramifications are certainly on full display when it uh, comes to Hawaii and Puerto Rico and emergency relief, but the adverse effects of the law reach New Hampshire consumers as well. High energy costs have been hurting Granite Staters for years, and the Jones Act plays a supporting role. New England's limited access to pipelines and minimal pipeline capacity make its entire energy grid more dependent upon shipping oil and natural gas from other states when demands heighten during the winter months. So, for instance, last year, uh, you may not recall this, Bonnie, but there was an increase in the power bills. Yep. That was like 20% inc- or 20 or 30% I recall increase. that, Ian. We talked about it on the air a while. You okay, just good. keep trying to be like, Bonnie doesn't pay her, the bills the power directly. Bill. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, there's uh, they apparently have to get product shipped in from elsewhere during winter months. For New Hampshire to access the bulk of U.S.-produced oil and gas, though, would involve transporting fuel on tankers from domestic producers like Texas or Pennsylvania. But there's just one problem. The U.S. doesn't have any liquid natural gas tankers that are Jones Act compliant to ship oil and gas from Texas or Pennsylvania to New England. Hmm. So of those 99 ships that we talked about earlier that are Jones Act compliant shipping company ships, zero of them can transport liquefied natural gas. Wow. So therefore, we just can't get it. Wow. Uh, foreign-made tankers are prohibited from shipping oil and gas between U.S. states because of the Jones Act. The results include higher energy costs for granite staters, a greater reliance on imported fuel, and higher odds that New Hampshire suffers blackouts during periods of peak energy demand. The best option for granite state consumers would be to allow any tanker to make deliveries directly between U.S. ports, and indeed, New England's governors have repeatedly sought Jones Act waivers to allow that, but... They haven't gotten them. So even when governors get together in multiple states and ask for something from the federal government, like a waiver for this particular stupid uh, rule that's hurting people, they don't even get that. So these people are protecting, like the federal government is protecting these 99 ships over the cost of literally everyone who's been begging for relief. I'm completely convinced that protectionism was this ingenious plan to keep our country, people in this country, poor, while also making them believe that we're helping you. It's just yeah. one of these things they That's do it. over and over again, where they break your legs and hand you crutches. Crutch. They would or help make you opens, pay for a crutch. It would help open New Hampshire's energy grid to domestic fuel, doing so at a lower price than imports. In fact, J.P. Morgan analysis finds that merely suspending the Jones Act could save consumers 10 cents per gallon on gas just by allowing more inexpensive foreign ships to transport domestic gas between U.S. ports. The Jones Act even contributes to New England's traffic troubles. Because the law effectively prevents transporting domestic cargo over coastal waters, the freight that otherwise would be shipped by sea is instead hauled in by truckers, which further clogs the interstates surrounding New York City and Boston. Wow, making it more dangerous. I hate driving around big 16-wheelers. Right, loaded with... Gas? Yeah, explosive fuel. either way, but still... Uh, out of time for tonight. You can join more Free Talk Live as the week goes on. And you can join us online anytime you want over at freetalklive.com. If you want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate, well, I know a guy who's really great. 
It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com